0: Love talk radio. Alright fellas, here we go with the main event of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen in attendance, Munster joining us around the world. It's time for the Belcu Hall. We're
1: waiting for finally. It is showtime. Hey, man, we, we dedicate our lives to this sport, we give we to the the camp. We run hundreds of miles, you know, for the ones to take it serious. And we just dedicate ourselves fully to our craft, man. We watch tape. We we you know, we have attitude, we mood and we go into that fight to land on the it's to land on the line. Podcast. I'm your host Chris Carlson. We are live on a Tuesday night with a lot to talk about, obviously, right? Obviously. So, um, you know how it is. We do love to, uh, <laughs> we do love to talk about what happened inside the ring and we will start there. Of course, once we get going, um, you know Tim Zhu uh, scored a impressive, solid, unanimous decision over Mendoza. Um, you had Sam Goodwin, or Goodman, Goodwin, <laughs> Goodman. Um, you know, win the fight cleanly, but the Flora, Flores gave a hell of a an effort. Let's say so. That was a really fun fight to watch. Uh, Jana Beck, uh, Keyshawn. Pretty clean victories there, right? Um, not really. Uh, you know, I, I did get some <laughs> some uh, some folks after uh, last week's show coming at me saying, "Why didn't you do a, a, a you know a segment of a breakdown on the Janibek fight?" Well, now you see why I mentioned it. Um, and hey, if it would have been a competitive fight. Have a nice long segment on it for recap, but it just wasn't. It's no big deal. Like I said, not every you know unification is is created equal. <laughs> you know, it just that's just not how it works. And um, it's nothing against Janamek. I mean, he took care of business. He definitely took care of business. I'll say, watching the tape, the film, some of the film of that guy in the ring, it seemed worse. To be honest, I actually didn't think it was going to be. Well, I thought it was a mismatch, of course, but I didn't think it was going to be that easy. I thought it'd be fairly easy. Not all that difficult for Janabek, but um, either way, he moves on. He's got two belts. That's a commodity for him regardless. So we're going to talk about that. But I really was excited about a fight Joshua Buatzi. Uh, I almost put, J- J- I put that together. Joshua Buatzi and Dan Aziz. Had a nice speaking a breakdown segment. That was going to be the one I covered the most. Preview and predict that. Unfortunately, it's a no go. Hopefully, not for good though. We do have some news as far as um, the timeline for the postponement. It just sucks because anytime it gets, you know, canceled fight week, man, that sucks, dude. It's Tuesday fight week, man. That that sucks, man. That really sucks. Um Catarol and the Lenares, uh Rocha and Santilla Santillan. That could actually be a good fight though. Rocha might have a good fight on his hands. You know, Linares, what's left of Linares at this point? Could he make um you know rounds interesting? Maybe within the round, not it a ton. You know, maybe he's got the skill to do something, but it's tough to say, you know, to feel confident he could put, you know, a full performance together. together. Now, Caterall didn't look all that good his last fight. So, you know, we'll see. We will see. Now, you know, the elephant in the room, Paramount Plus is Showtime Boxing and I guess you could say Showtime Sports in general. The whole department, everybody involved in Showtime Boxing and Showtime Sports, um, you know, got fired um, and you know you never like to hear the news about people losing their jobs um, in this case you know sometimes uh, there's people in Congress or you know other walks of uh, of life, life that you go yeah I'm glad that person lost their job but in this not so much right not so much now the writing has been on the wall um, a lot of it had to do you know, not just with coming out of COVID, lower ratings, but also what what was going on behind the scenes, which we definitely documented it, the Showtime. First of all, just the premium cable model we know has been, you know, down in the dumps for quite a while. Uh, Showtime, their app combining with Paramount, we've seen the, you know, the the grouping of, you know, if you're under one umbrella, why not put it together? HBO Max turned into Max or The Max. Is it The Max or Max? I can't remember. Um, with Discovery, like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And as we know, um, streaming is the future, right? Um, it's just a matter of time. And we don't know exactly when it's going to take all the way over. Um, just And I say that because, you know, if you look at the NFL and the NBA, the combination of they have these long – in college football, by the way, lineal – they still have these long, lineal deals. I'm not saying 15 years or nothing. But they're fairly long, linear television deals. But they also have app deals. We saw the NFL with Thursday night and Amazon Prime. So the writing was on the wall, um, no doubt about it. I mean – could kind of see budget wise um, you know back a year or two before HBO was going out of business as far as boxing business Um, so it's not a shocker or a surprise or anything like that Um, you know like I said does it suck to an extent sure because now you don't know other things now it could be a positive it could be a negative it could be whatever you know um, as far as the PBC You know, how many people that did make Showtime boxing solid and and sometimes excellent, other times, you know, mediocre, whatever. It it could suck and stuff like that. Obviously, a lot of their quality top-level fights uh, were going to pay-per-view. That's just a fact. Um, So their schedule, especially this year, their schedule was kind of pretty. I mean, they had the best schedule, but as far as Showtime boxing, it wasn't like bouncing back and forth to, oh, that's, oh, sweet, that's going to be on normal showtime, that type of stuff. So um, not to say there weren't some good quality stuff. It just, you know, it, like I said, the writing's been on the wall um, for a while. Really, ever since COVID, the combination of COVID, some of the boxing ratings in general, but especially when we're talking about premium cable, you know, it, like I said, I'm not shocked, I'm not shocked. Now, like I said, where does PBC go? How much, you know, who from Showtime Boxing, whether it's on the broadcast or whether it's behind the scenes or a Steven Espinoza, you know, who goes over to wherever the PBC is going to go. Now, the whole, you know, I, I have seen over the last couple of years, you know, when we talk about HBO's demise compared to Showtime's demise, we all know that, you know, a lot of this had to do um as far as the different sentiment of Showtime going out of business compared to HBO, we know a lot of this had to do with Al anyway. And in fact, it's always been the PBC is dead or the PBC's out of money or they have no budget or they have this. They're done. They're done. People have been saying that since late 2015. And, you know, that's just how it goes. So a lot of it was Showtime shouldn't have hitched its wagons to the PBC. That's what that's how Showtime got involved. As soon as Golden Boy went back to HBO and it was just the PBC and Al Heyman for the most part on Showtime, that's when it was like, Fuck Showtime uh, to a lot of people. Not everyone, but that that like I said, the sentiment is different. Now you see a lot of people today uh showing their ass and showing you know, talking about fanboys, PBC fanboys, but some of these folks that, that harp on that shit are the ones that are fanboys of platforms themselves because they're celebrating this. You know, I didn't see anybody really celebrating HBO demise when it happened. Um, But I've never been partial to just one network. Um, This year, Showtime, you know, they're the network of the year. Last year it was DAZN. DAZN's had a, a good year this year, but not so much so uh if you look at 2021 half of 2022 because as we know you know august and on they you know the schedule really lightened up um and then this year yeah two out of the last three years i'll give them credit for going out with a bang. but like i said you know we knew the writing was on the wall and so this isn't really all surprising it was just a matter of where it goes next. And like I said, some of this is just, it started out as the PBC is dead for, for years now. And like I said, it kind of turned into, well, Showtime's dead now. Okay, cool. You know, I got a bunch of messages today about Eddie Hearn was right. Well, technically he said they were going to go out of business. That's fair. But he did say within a year, you know what I mean? So And by the way, he's had his budget cut as well, if you look at how much they're spending compared to what they were in general. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because this one person, when I get a prediction right as far as who's going to win, but I don't get the exact outcome, he makes sure (laughs) to tell me that. But then he's also saying Eddie was right, right on the money. Well, then that means all those predictions, I was right on the money then, right? Right? And I don't know the person's name, so um, otherwise, I would at least say it. but <laughs> um, he was partially right. Like you say to me about my predictions, partially right? Well, Eddie was partially right, because remember, he said this in 2018. It's now I'm looking at it five years later. So he got it partially right. But the premium table thing we've been talking about for a while. And, you know, the transition from network to premium cable, some on base to cable, of course. We all remember, well, not all of us, but a good, you know, fair amount of us that are listening to the podcast remember, you know, Tuesday night fights. And um, and ESPN has gone through different levels of boxing, you know, uh, before top rank um, or even the PBC got on there for a little bit. Um, you know, it had gone. it had dwindled down to just Friday night fights on actually ESPN2 mostly. Uh, once in a while they would do an ESPN card. But um, So, yeah, it's no shocker. The news is it's definitely not a shocker. Um, but now what's next for the deepest roster in boxing? I think that's what's next. Um, you know, there's rumors swirling about Amazon Prime. Um, there's other, you know, kinda of lighter rumors about the zone. Um obviously you'd assume well I shouldn't say obviously, but you'd assume they'd go somewhere streaming, but I guess you can't rule it up anything all the way out because we did get a little bit of news of Boxer, who's you know, has a deal with Sky Sports. Um, you know having to deal with now NBC sports in the Peacock, the streaming app. So that's pretty cool. Now, you know, they're going to get their first, you know, their on their first card. They're already going to get a cancellation, which, you know, that, that kind of sucks for them to have that, you know, as a cancellation. Now the fight that they're replacing is the main event. Like it's not a great main event, but it's still an interesting fight. I think, um, but you yeah, have Boxer over there in the U.K., like I said, it with the deal with Sky Sports. Uh, was it just yesterday or the day before? I think it was yesterday. Um, NBC Sports, Peacock deal, signed, sealed, and delivered. Don't really have any kind of uh, information at this point that I've seen uh, for how many years it is or <clears throat> if it's short-term, mid-term. I-, I have no clue, to be honest. No clue. Um, but like I said, we're going to, we're going to talk about last weekend. We're going to preview some of the stuff. Like I said, the Joshua Boatze-Ganisees fight. I was interested to see Buatzi and if he could, you know, how he would handle that pressure. Come forward. You know, I'm going to be in your face. You know, I really wanted to see how his jet, you know, how he could control that fight with his jab and some of the other stuff, movement pushing or Aziz back at times, or not necessarily back, but stopping him in his tracks and all that, but unfortunately, that fight, that was the one, as far as the main event, that I was most looking forward to. We do have Catarel Linares, uh, Alexa Roach is, you know, in there with a a solid dude, Um, so we'll see, you know, we'll see, we do have some, uh, I guess you could say, um, like domestic level fights, where... Sure, we might know some of the ceilings of these guys already, but uh, they're they're pretty equally matched fights. So hopefully they turn out, you know, hopefully they turn out good. But like I said, um, you know, that that we're obviously gonna, I, like I said, I do like because it's not a complete shocker, and we've been talking about this so much, we are gonna get to that stuff, the Showtime stuff, the the PBC stuff, but. I do want to start still in the ring. So that that's what we're going to do. We're going to start in the ring because, like I said, yeah, it's breaking news and all that, whatever. We get that. But, like, you know, we, some of this stuff will be going over. And and I don't, you know, repetitive is one thing that you end up being repetitive when you're in boxing anyway. We talk about the jabbering, every fight and stuff like that. But um, So we will. Well, we'll start in the ring, though. Let's start in the ring. First, and by the way, if this is your first time listening to the Ropa Dope Radio podcast, welcome! It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com dot forward slash rope of Dope Radio. You don't have to go to Ropa Dope, um, and you know and you don't have to go there if you don't want to. That's cool. Uh, the Ropa Dope Radio podcast available on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcast. Download the podcast app, Podbay, and a host of other. Platforms while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to the Eastside boxing and Phil boxing one more thing direct TV stream is here and now the MLB postseason is here Sign up and catch every game live on direct TV stream. There's no satellite No cable box required for limited time save $30 when you sign up choose the direct TV streaming package That's right for you. No annual contracts. No hidden fees Remember, for a limited time, save thirty dollars when you order online. Um, the prices start at sixty-four ninety-nine. Okay, so um, gonna go to John here in a, in a short little bit. Um, you know, I, I thought that the fight started out pretty well for Mendoza. You know, he definitely had his jab, landed a couple to the body, I'd say pretty, maybe like 60 seconds in or something. uh, Tim Sue landed a nice right hand and then later in that round another right hand, and I think there was a left hook in there too. Um, So the first round I thought was close. Um, I thought the first couple were pretty close. I thought you could give um some of them to to mendoza um the third round i kind of thought that that's one you could probably do the you know the left left hand of the body um in right hands like i said just busier jabbing moving and whatnot whereas tim zoo kind of off to a slow start uh he started to get his jab going though and in left hands of the body and all that but um then it was pretty much all Tim Zoo after that. I mean, you really couldn't give Mendoza anything too much after that. I mean, you know, I'm looking at my scorecard again. You know, the sixth round, there was a, a late exchange of hooks. There was some some decent exchanges. More exchanges in the undercard fight. Um, but you know, you could maybe just off a busy work um, and spending less. Le- you know, less on the ropes maybe you could give the sixth round to Mendoza uh, but the left hook you know early in the fifth round in an uppercut you know another upper I mean he was just starting to land to through some really really hard shots and um, you know don't get me wrong Mendoza was showing heart he was fighting back and whatnot but I'd say in the seventh like three or four uppercuts in a row chopping right hands left hooks, really just you know obviously putting in work I mean he really was um and you know mendoza you know boxing decently with the jab, doing a little body work, scoring some points, but overall the you know the the better shots were clearly you know Tim i mean that thats just how. And, you know, at times, Tim Zoo was looking for that home run right hand, and, and he swung and missed, but there's plenty of times he didn't. Um, but, yeah, the, the the movement started to slow down a little bit in spots. He picked it back up, talking about Mendoza later in the fight, as almost the way of, hey, I'm going to last here, you know. So he had these little pockets of moments and whatnot, but most of it was like pity Pat. Um Later in the fight, like, 10th round, definitely hurt Mendoza. Big right hands, flurries. Almost had a TKO. There was a couple times I had money plus 210, I think it was, on my bookie on decision for Tim Su. And I was sweating it there for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, was sweating. I was sweating just a little bit. Um, so, you know, he got there. He got the job done. Um, And I thought it was like a workman-like, you know, type performance. We know that the first couple rounds takes him a little bit. Um, But I I just I love, like, it seems like his guard gets tighter. The way he's got a solid jab, but I love the way he mixes up, you know, his his attack. Um, Like I said, some of the right hands a little wild, right? And he'd probably even tighten up more. But the distance, you know, the way he'll he'll use some defense, right? He is defensively responsible to an extent, of course, but he he is. And it seems like as the timing, the distance, he finds his distance, he'll take these little step backs, step to the side, move away, reset, and then go right back at it. He's just, he's really coming along as a fighter. And some of these fights the, the the combination of staying active and seeing different styles. And, you know, like I said, I did like a lot of people were kinda of arguing over and this is a little while ago now, but Tim new or uh Fundora, who should get the shot at Charlo, and Fondora had kind of established himself, especially with that Lubin stuff, in that fight, that a lot of people were like, Nah, Fondora should get it but the belt said you know, it did seem like Ken Zo was probably going to get it. Now, obviously, we know the Canelo thing, opportunity fell in his lap, and he took it, blah, blah, blah. But I liked how this organically happened because, you know, had Fundora won, that's the fight everybody would have wanted to see if no Charlo was in the division at the time from the Canelo fight. So I do like that Mendoza got the fight. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and like I said, you know, bring on Charlo. I think that's the fight. If, if in fact, and and actually John and I, I'm sure he'll bring it up as well. We talked about how it can be, and we talked about this, you know, after the Charlo uh, fight with uh, Canelo, there's some danger about going all the way back to 54. It's uh, impossible, right? And to be fair, on the scale, his body did look not great at that weight, you know? So maybe he'll be able to make it, and there's no problems. We don't know, but we don't know, you know? But either way all things considered, that's the fight that you want to see. Um, and if not, you know, if something were to happen with the Crawford Spence fight, as far as not happening, that would be a great fight too. Um, but we'll see. Either way, like I said, I just like what Tim Zoo has been doing lately. He's been, you know, like active. He's been fighting solid fighters. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a really good performance. Now, as far as the co-feature, Sam um, Goodman and, and Flores, so Goodman Flores, you know, Goodman came out with a stiff jab. Um, there was some exchanges throughout the fight. He was definitely landing the better. Flores was mostly um, mostly with the body work, um, but he was making Goodman earn it. You know, uh, the third round, Flores definitely had success that. May be the round that you could give them. Um, the fifth and sixth round, the action really started picking up. A lot of inside give and take. Like I said, Goodman landed the better to the head, that's for sure. Whereas Flores mostly to the body. I'm not saying he never landed to the head, but overall, um, it was mostly to the body. Eighth round, Goodman definitely buzzed him and then dropped him with a left hook. Um, you know. Combos to the head and body, you know. Somehow though, Flores still firing back, showing a lot of heart, and he landed like not just body, but he landed a nice uppercut. Now, in that, I think it was that same round, he did get a point. Yeah, because it was the tenth round, he did get a point deducted for low blows. Later, I think in the tenth round, he got another one. But um, I did like how Goodman mixed up his attack. He would reset a lot. Um, he had this little, you know, he'll fight at range, this little subtle
2: movement,
1: working the head and body, throwing different punch combinations on the inside, brawling, getting the better of that. Um, I thought it was just a, you know, where he's at. I thought it was like a really good fight for him. Just a solid dude who wasn't going anywhere. And you can see that he kind of improved in that fight. And I think there are some items in there that he could uh, improve on a little bit more, if that makes sense. Um, So that was the showtime. There was, you know, I didn't score it, but there was kind of an interesting fight, I thought. Uh, Did they come in like the second round or something like that, of that fight? Uh, But I didn't score it. I was kind of... uh, tied up so I, I watched it but i didn't get a i was actually in, on an important phone call unfortunately we're all good nothing crazy but at the time i definitely had to make this phone call but anyway so i'm not going to break that down too much then you had jana beck and uh gattieri or got gattieri either way like i said i got some heat last week for not breaking this spike down as far as a, a longer segment of breaking it down. For instance, like I had planned for Buatfini and those piece, but, you know, I mean, I talked about it. I talked about how it's probably a mismatch. Like I said earlier in the show, like, on tape, I actually thought this, uh, you know, Gaudieri, I, I thought he'd do, I thought he'd just, I not think he'd look good or win a bunch of rounds or nothing. And I thought it was a mismatch, but to be honest, once he got in the ring, it was like, ooh, this is worse than I thought. To be Just to be honest, it's nothing against John Beck. You know, unifying for him makes a ton of sense. Because, hey, maybe he will get you know, now if you fight him, you know, that whole risk reward, hey, you got two belts, that's, that's something. Especially in, you know, just a dead-ass division. Um, now, There are some – the youth is coming up in that division. There's some 54-pounders that will go to 60. So let's, uh, (laughs) you know, hope for the best Uh, because I do think that there could be some fun fights. But, you know, I mean, once I saw him throw his first couple punches and once I saw his leg stance where he had his foot almost off the ring, I thought, Wow. Does he know where his feet are right now? Because his back foot is almost outside the ring. Like, right off footwork, in the first couple throws, is like, oh, my God, this is worse than I thought. Now, to his credit, Janabek took care of business, right? He had his jab going, uh, body work, blah, 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 uppercut. Definitely hurt him in the fifth, uh, momentarily sixth, you know, Russ stops in, TKO, it's over. There there wasn't much there. Keyshawn Davis, you know, um, on the undercard, easy win. Um, You know, I I suppose you could say that he didn't finish all that strong. Um, He is a guy that likes to talk a lot, and he's kind of a funny guy. Sometimes he's a little irritating, to be honest. But, hey, you know, engagement is the name of the game nowadays on social media. Especially boxing, Twitter and whatnot. So I get it. But if you keep doing a habit of I'm gonna like he was saying at the at the presser he's gonna he's gonna make a highlight reel, this guy. It's gonna be he's gonna make him go viral and all that. You keep doing that and saying this and that and then you just don't you know, you don't finish strong and I'm not saying he's gotta finish everybody or, you know. This was a good fight. I, I like this opponent for him, actually. I did because the dude good fight. He's a good fighter. He doesn't look very good. Um, So I thought it was a good step, and I like how they're moving him. I do like how they're moving him. He's he's faced some solid fighters so far in his career, and and we'll see see what's next. We'll, We'll talk a little bit more as far as wrapping up the weekend and stuff like that. And Goodman, by the way, is number one in both the IBS and the WBO at 122 so you know we'll see once in of course we know who runs the division um, but I don't think you know after this fight we'll talk about you know way fight that's coming up to close the year um, that will probably be his last fight you know maybe one more there I don't know I doubt it but maybe, maybe. Um, but either way those belts are going to come loose so we'll see but Sam Goodman man I mean he has some good wins and considering how many fights he has, I liked what I saw out of the Aleem fight. I don't know if Aleem fought the right fight against him, but that's his own issue. That's his own problem. You know, Goodman won that fight. It's good, good, good fight though. It was competitive. Um, and he kind of kind of was a guy that was in the cut and now he's like, "Hey, I'm here too." And like I said, even in the rankings, you know, he should be getting some sort of big opportunity. Fighter, or whatever you know, so we'll talk a little bit more about this stuff, and of course, we'll talk about the weekend and whatnot. But let's go ahead and bring in John into the fold. What's going on, John? How the hell are you doing on this uh, fine Tuesday night, my friend?
3: Doing well, Chris, and of course, we've uh, got quite a bit to uh, talk about tonight.
1: Yes, indeed, we sure do, and, and some of it is something we've, uh, you know, kind of discussed ad nauseum, and that's why I kind of wanted to, you know, start in the ring. Don't get me wrong, it's huge news, but um, some of the writing has been in the wall for a little while, and, and we'll definitely um, talk about that. What would you think of Tim Zhu's performance, uh, Sam Goodman? Um, you know, where does Beck go from here, Keyshawn Davis, some of the items I was just discussing, I'd like to get your take on that, sir.
3: Yeah, that's right. I, I, I agree. I figured that we'll get into the ring from last weekend. And uh, you know, Al Alamakulula, and uh, Guattieri, I thought, I thought it was a mismatch going in. To me, it was a perfect example of too many belts, where the belts are meaningless, and fighters who aren't really legitimate top ten with things getting watered down with weight classes and belts. And that's, you know, Guantieri. You know, he had a decision over Falcao, who, you know, I'm not even convinced was particularly good. He was undefeated, but he didn't have any uh, significant wins on his record, and neither did Guantieri. And somehow the IBF decided that that was for a middleweight, belt of theirs so as you alluded to this became a unification you know fighting Janabek Saturday but you had to just look beneath the surface and you had a, a guy who you know was a real low KO percentage and Guapieri who just really wasn't that good and, and it showed and it's going to really indirectly tie into what we're talking about later on with some of the out of the ring stuff, you know, this was an ESPN main event. And, you know, as we've talked before, Chris, I think in terms of abilities, I, I probably rate, you know, Al McCool even a little bit higher than you do. I do think, you know, guys like him and Andrade or, you know, one or two others legitimate boogeymen in the sense that not that they're unbeatable or, a fighter wouldn't fight him with the right payday, but they fall into that small group of fighters where people aren't really going to bother taking them on unless they get a real lot of money. It's it's not worth it. Uh, too difficult of a fight. I do think he is one of those guys, even though it's a very weak division right now. And it's not that he hasn't had a off performance here or there. And and very early in his career, he was far too cautious and dull. Uh, he he has become more aggressive than he was early in his career where he relied strictly on a more of a amateur, modern amateur style boxing. And, you know, he's been with McGurt and he started power punching more. And most of his performances think, I think then have been good. Like, you know, you look at these decent guys that he, he you know, blew away like Blant. Um, and, you know, he's had, he, He's, for guys that just didn't belong in the ring with him, he's had some quick knockouts. The only stumble like that was, you know, he let Bentley go the distance. He just just seemed to have an off night there. But mainly, as his career has gone on, he's he's gotten more aggressive, more power. You know, the quality of opposition hasn't been great. Like I said, probably a lot with who they they can get in with him. So I think the top rank was basically pulling a little bit of a charade here you know, using this guy's alphabet belt to make it a main event and, and make it a pretend the fight was something that it really wasn't and it always frustrates me when there are people that'll buy into this stuff, oh it's a unification or you know, unification of what against who. Uh and I just wanna to add too on that, you know, Gualpieri, you know, he he had gotten in like the transnational top ten. I you know, my own personal vote was that he should have never been in there in the first place. Um, you know, it's not a one, like I always say, ratings are not a one-man show when you have a a board or a committee and, you know, that's the way it should be. I understand. So it's not that my thought rules the day on everything, but that was one that, you know, I I just think you got to look through the alphabet stuff and, uh, you know, yeah, Falcao was in there in the top 10. I didn't think he should have been there. He didn't have any significant wins and, it just led to a fight being a main event that really wasn't a main event worthy fight. But Janabek did his job. I always like to sit, you know, see that, Chris, like you and I say, and I always mention I don't give a fighter points as I would if they were facing tougher opposition, but I do give a fighter some points when they at least execute the assignment by. Get, getting the mismatched opponent out of there and, and not boxing and the nonsense of have, have to be careful and, and just get the win and stuff, not with a guy like this. So Jana Beck did his job getting him out of there, but uh, we didn't need that. And and this wasn't a good top-ranked card either. Again, it probably fits in what we're going to talk about on the TV side of things later. But, look, you know, this is, this is what's being shown in the U S is a, is a main event that wasn't good. And then you got, you know, top rank, they keep putting these same fighters out on the undercard, uh, same younger crew, but the opposition, they're fighting is not that good. You know, they, they, they stepped Keyshawn Davis up earlier, but, I don't know. He hasn't. He hasn't looked as good. I mean, for what for what talent you know, I thought he had. You know, coming out of the amateurs and the way he looked early, and they stepped him up, and I really liked it. I was excited about the progression. I don't know. Some of the recent performances haven't looked that good. I mean, he's he's very young, but um, you know, it could be just a couple of off nights. Sometimes it's just not linear. It doesn't all go in a line. That's just the way humans perform, but. Oh, some of these. This one again Saturday night. Some of these performances haven't been quite, quite as good. And there's uh, some of the other guys that that they keep showing. I don't know how good they are. I mean, I I get interested in you know Torres being a heavyweight, but I know Chris that you haven't been that impressed with him so far. And you know, of course, they keep having him out there, and he's not fighting anybody. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm going to say it again. I keep saying it, but for a reason. You know he, he's, in, he's in the gold medal fight against Jalalov, who who had you know been having pro fights and was a top prospect, and you know he already loses a decision, but he go, but he goes the distance. So what is the purpose then when, when Torres turns pro and you're you're fighting guys that are a million levels below, you know Jalalov? <laughs> I mean it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. What are you building up? I mean, and then. You know, it's the old well. We're building to something. We got to get these guys out there. But let's face it, you know, Top Rank hasn't really built these guys up to anything in recent years. I mean, except you know Stevenson maybe, but you know, the jury's still out on that in terms of how how big. And uh, you know, he hasn't done a pay per view yet or anything. Not that I'm looking to pay, but I just mean you know, in terms of what it's being built up to. So. Yeah, build, building up, supposedly, but to what? And then, you know, we, we've talked a lot of times, too, about how many guys top rank ends up uh, letting go. So, you know, you made a really good point a couple of weeks ago about that ESPN deal as an expiration date. It's an even more important point with the news we got about Showtime today leaving the sport. Um, and I thought this ESPN card Saturday night, which just wasn't good, the ESPN and the ESPN plus part. It it just wasn't good. Uh, That is, it's a good time to point that out because no matter how optimistic you want to try to be with the troubles, boxing's obviously having maintaining interest Uh, cards like Saturday night's ESPN card are are a good example, you know, a high exposure spot, a good use. These are the things that lead to the demise of these deals. So that was my take on the top rank. The Showtime uh, Zoo, I thought, you know, he he did his job. You know, Mendoza was a pretty significant underdog. You know, remember he was losing every round against Fondora when he landed those bombs and the huge upset. He took out Rosario before that, but Rosario doesn't take a good shot. So I think outside of that Fondora explosion, you know, Mendoza hasn't shown that kind of power in his career or really even winning rounds against some of his better opponents. So I didn't think there was too much suspense there going in, but like you said, I mean, I think Mendoza had earned a good fight and this was it. So I didn't really have a problem with that either. You know, pretty, pretty good showtime fight, at least on paper and interest. Uh, Zoo, I liked what like what you saw. I, I I saw, I it the same way going in where I thought Zoo decision was a good bet, a better bet than people were looking at. I I jumped on that plus like you did on that, and of course, you pointed it out correctly. I think this was the strength of Zoo's performance. I picked Zoo by decision, but I thought if he might have any trouble, it might be late. You know, Mendoza being so durable. If maybe simply from banging him that Zoo got tired out when you got into a 10th, 11th, 12th round, and maybe Mendoza had a better chance late to land something. Instead, it was Zoo who seriously hurt Mendoza, uh, the worst we've seen Mendoza hurt in his career. So I thought that was the most impressive part of the performance by Zoo, I and mean, maybe that's obvious. But, I mean, I think the fact that going in a, in, later in a 12-round fight that he was able to seriously hurt an extremely durable guy late. That was um, that was that was the most impressive part of the night for him. But I think we do have to just keep some perspective that even with Mendoza, again with with seventeen weight classes, you know, here's a guy he he was losing every round against Fandora. He he, win three perfect bombs and they were perfect shots, but. You know, outside of that Rosario KO, again, a guy who was who's not durable. You know, really, the career was nothing nothing standout. And you know, if it weren't for if it weren't for you know the Fendora, now he did accomplish that against Fendora. But if it weren't for that, this this guy would have been you know Mendoza would have been the type of guy. Zoo would have just been fighting his progression on the way up. So let's let's forget WBO interim. You know, remember. Jesus Ramos has already got a decision win over Mendoza. Um, I saw him in a life and death with LaMana, you know, earlier in his career where he, he didn't legitimately win it, but it, it was going right down to the end. So probably when you throw away alphabet stuff, and, and even though Mendoza earned it, you maybe take the Fondura victory what it, for what it was, uh, come from behind where he landed a few bombs. Uh, and just totally reversed what was happening. Uh, Mendes is probably the kind of guy who would just be fighting on his way up, so uh, he passed the test in that sense. But that gets to then to me what you said about Charlo. Uh, now I, that that was a fight that I was always all in on Charlo, Jermel Charlo beating Zoo, but you know things change, and with Jermell being off some then going up in weight to fight Canelo and having a poor performance. He's got to come back down in weight. He's in his mid-30s now. It, the dominoes have fallen into place for Tim Zhu. I mean, you know, that, that fight to me now, I I don't even – Charlo was always favored when, when it was you know, going to happen in the past and then fell out, but I don't know. I mean, that seems to me – like an even money or a zoo, a, I mean, maybe zoo even becomes a slight favorite now. If Charlo's got to go back down to one fifty four. I'm with you. I mean, it's still a, one of the more interesting fights out there that I'd like to see. But especially coming off a huge payday, too. I mean, you know that Jermell Charlo certainly got his biggest payday of his career by far against Canelo. At the age he's at now, coming back down in weight, is he going to be able to crank it up? for Zoo like he could have a couple of years ago. I think that's just a really big question mark. So I think things have uh, really fallen into place for Kim Zoo over the past year or so.
1: Yeah, it really has. It really has. And uh, it's kind of like, in a sense, you take like a normal uh, a, a route where, you know, <laughs> like him getting knocked down early in that fight, you know what I mean? Like um he just kind of and then got right back up and went and dominated the fight against a solid fighter and you know he's taken I remember you uh you had a tweet that um about God, what? Oh, Jeff was it Jeff Horn? Was that the Yeah. That he yeah, opened, I said the he opened it's, as it's a, hard to
3: believe. Go ahead. He, he, Yeah, just that. uh, But it is a fact. It it is amazing the the way the perception of Tim Zou changed. Yeah, Uh, including myself. He he. He opened as an underdog against Jeff Horn, and look look where he is now.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that is funny. That's really funny. And like I said, when you come over here and you fight in America a little bit, or you're at least on Showtime. Um. You know, an American, you know, was after this year no longer. But um, it is funny how, like, you, you got a right hand, puts you on your butt. And people even from that were like, eh, I don't know, man. And, and that's easy to say because, you know, Charlo has a ton of power at that. Wake Lawson is a way better fighter than the guy he fought. And he right. wouldn't be able to do some of the things, you know, he did to him. But, yeah, I mean, that Tony Harrison fight. Was a great fight for him, and um, you know I, I did like he took a little injury a little a while back now, but I liked how he's like, all right, well, Charlo's hurt, I'm gonna keep fighting. Okay, they're gonna take this fight, I'm gonna keep fighting. So that that was really smart to do, and uh, and he says now, you know, I'm done with fighting over here, you know, for now anyway, and. Uh, Basically, he's coming to America. He wants all the big fights. I do think that he could uh, create some, it, like in a Charlo fight, if it were doing in Vegas or someplace, I think that you could get some Australians to come over or, or the ones that live here and, and garner some attention. But because, you know, in countries where they're not used to having multiple champions and stuff like that all the time, um. Of course, they have a track record of, of solid fighters and whatnot. But, you know, it's not a huge, huge sport there or whatever. Not, I mean, what, the U.K. and Mexico is like where it's the biggest. But um, as far as, you know, ranking in their their uh, their countries, you know. But I, I think that a lot of times in countries like that or, or Ireland or, or whatever, I think a lot of times they kind of get behind their guy because they're like, hey, we don't get a ton of these. This is pretty cool. So let's go, let's go support our guy. So I do think that he could have a nice crowd over here if it were a Charlo fight or if it were a Crawford fight or something like that, a little bit bigger, obviously, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that fighter or or just his, the rest of his career, you know, he's really, uh, really come around, no doubt about it. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not down on Shauna Beck um, because, you know, you're going to have some mediocre performances. Uh, And and I thought he took care of business. I wasn't going to spend a bunch of time breaking down that fight. That's really what that's all about. And I got some messages after I did the show and it's like, all right, but I mean, look at how it turned out. I mean, what were we supposed to, was I supposed to have some kind of 20 minute preview on that fight? Like, It is what it is. I understand, like you said, I understand that the belts were there. That's cool, but, you know, it doesn't make him – like, I think it helps to have two belts for him. I do think that that's at least – helps, you know, the incentive to fight him because, like you said, he isn't that – I don't like the word boogeyman at all (laughs) because I don't like how they they go for it. Like him – well, maybe he didn't – you know, it's his account, so he's responsible for it. Talking about he can knock out Canelo easy and stuff like that. That's just engagement. That's cool. You know what I mean? I just don't – I'm not a big boogeyman type of guy, but the low – you know, the high-risk, low-reward or, hey, I could make more money fighting a slightly lesser opponent, I'd be fine with that type of stuff. So I, I do agree with that, and that's why I think that this made a lot of sense. Um, considering what's out there right now, so most of uh, you know top rank either doesn't have connections to the middleweights who are uh, you know older veteran guys with names, or um, you know, and then the up and comers, a couple up and comers. That that's what he's going to have to go after because some of those younger guys that all of a sudden makes a lot of sense. Hey, dude, I can fight him, and that's two belts. I'm going to do it. So. Um, I did like how he took care, you know, took care of business and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean,
2: you know, beyond
1: like, I, I gotta admit that Bawazi and Aziz fight, I had interest in it because of the style matchup. I did want to see, you know, Aziz is a guy who didn't have that long amateur career. He started boxing, you know, around the same time and they're in the same gym and all that stuff. Spent a ton of hours sparring him and Boatsy Aziz, but Boatsy went on to have a much better, you know, a deeper pedigree and, and, you know, won a medal and whatnot. And But now where you look, you know, Aziz has built his way up in a short, well, not in a short amount of time, but not with a lot of names on his resume, that's for sure. But some of them, especially more domestic over there, but I really wanted to see how Guate's jab and movement defense was going to be able to handle Aziz, but it sounds like Aziz hurt his back in his last sparring session. Um, So that kind of sucks. And, you know, we're about to talk about showtime, but, you know, that is the one thing about boxing that we've also talked about is, you know, when um, when the, like, when the NFL has a game, someone's hurt, they're going to still have a game, you know? (laughs) People are going to still, you know, whereas in boxing, yeah, they're still going to have a card, but it's just a different sport like that. It's not a team sport. Um, Even like a tennis tournament, you're still going to have seeds and all that. You're still going to have pretty quality matchups, you know, per se, but Peacock, NBC Sports, their first one was like, oh, the main event's not happening. Great, you know, but that's boxing. And that is one of those things that, at times do hamper uh, stuff and and can draw some of the investment. Like, eh, I don't know. But I think that is cool um, for Boxer who has a deal with Sky Sports and now with Peacock NBC Sports. It sounds like the deal may include what I'm assuming an afternoon NBC uh, card. That would be dope. But, you know, it is a wait and see because of the product that we've seen so far from boxer on sky sport i'm glad they have uh you know an an outlet over here because it had been dodgy um so that's really cool but it is a wait and see based off what they've done so far now they're somewhat new in the game as far as being at a, a higher level promoter promotion now so I am willing to just wait and see what they give us. This first fight would have been good. Like I said, I like the co-feature, though. Now that's the main event, but I kind of liked it as a co-feature instead. But um, any thoughts on, you know, Caterol Linares or even Rocha, who, who, who's in there with, you know, a solid dude. He should win, though.
3: Hey, like and Linares, I mean, Linares is basically finished, so I don't I don't really like the fight. I, I I think it's a time waster. I don't I don't think it's at this stage really main event material. So that's kind of for me in something that's in the wrong direction. You know, Roach has looked. It's it's again with the boxing politics. You know, finding opponents really for him to fight at this point now that he has advanced and he's everybody regards him now as a legit top ten guy. Including myself, but the opponents aren't really there to match, and that's part of the problem with boxing. And what what you said about boxer, you know, is correct, Chris. If you, you go back to when boxing had really gone through, a, you know, the golden era, you know, at the start of the '80s, re- really, you know, from roughly that '80 80 to '82, '83 type time, but it was so big during that period. That definitely was a golden era. You know, when the, when, when the networks, you know, and then when I say there's people will pull out like some fight that was on in 1990 that I'm aware of as well and say, oh, well, boxing was still on, you know, ABC in 1990 or whatever. Yeah. I I get that, but it wasn't on the scale that it was on, you know, in the early eighties and before that. And, and, Nobody can dispute that based on the number of shows, the investment, the popularity, et cetera. So um, getting on to your point, which was correct, if you look at the network boxing executives from the early 80s, you know, the old quotes and, you know, boxing history is one of my things, too, in and, and all realms and, you know, lived through it, but then look, have looked back at it since. You know, there's two things they really point out. I mean, it's not really legend. I mean, it was said at the time, and it's true, and it was on national TV in the U.S. when boxing was getting huge ratings. You know, when, when Dooku Kim died against Ray Mancini, that really was one of the things that led to the end of that era and led to the, the networks getting out of things. But another thing that led to it was just what you described, like which has already happened with this boxer on Peacock NBC before they've had their first show the executives also said it was as you just described all you know all the uncertainty about you know fighters pulling out and these and and you know try, trying to get matchups set and the uncertainty when they you know they're, when they're trying to set dates for program, programming and everything that after the violence aspect you know with the Mancini Kim being on national TV on CBS in the afternoon. Matter of fact, that's coming up on 41 years ago. It was in November 13th of '82, I think. So it was around this time of year, uh, those were the two things that led to the the boxing demise, as the widespread exposure, and that eventually, as it wasn't seen as much and the matchups weren't as good, uh, the ratings finally declined. Because there was a long period too during that golden type era, and before and after that for a long time, where what, what has changed, and this is what's always trouble means, and going to get into what we were talking about, because I have been raising this as we've talked over recent years, is that there was a time when boxing, whenever they would show it, okay, like when the networks did decide to show it, the ratings were always very high. In other words, all they had to do was put it on, and they knew it was going to get a good rating, right. and it was actually... The opposite of what you had now was actually kind of like amazing. Like you know, you didn't have a buildup like an NFL or or a major league baseball or right. or NBA, but they would just like you know throw these fights on, and they would get these like huge ratings. Like you know, you know there, there would be fighters then that were just like popular on TV. Like you know, somebody like a Cornelius Bose the Edwards in the 80, early 80s, just because he was in a bunch of you know he was in a he was in a brawl every time he was out there, and of course, you know, legendary Matthew Saad Muhammad, uh, who of course was a higher level fighter, but you know, always in those brawls that people still talk about today, and Miracle Matthew with the comeback comebacks, but like these fights would come on, and like you know, casual people would watching, and you would just get these ratings. You look at the numbers now. That's you know that that's just not happening.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I remember, um, now this goes back a handful of years, it was on a night, I think it was, was it the Hurt and J-Rock fight or something like that? And and I remember, um, because there there was a a bump on ESPN, there was a bump on Fox, and it was just a, a good night, and they didn't clash, actually. And I remember you showing, like, an example of what CBS, NBC, AV, you know, like you, I remember you showed an example of. Hey, just 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 look at what was on TV on basic, you know, on, on linear television. I remember that tweet you had a while. This is a while back now, and yeah. stuff. But I remember that. It's like, man, wow, like that is crazy. And yeah, when you look at those ratings, it is it is nuts. And even like, uh, you know, sometimes because I'm a little younger, I would get. Confused Use on the wide world of sports stuff you know how much different stuff they had on there and it wasn't just boxing in my head a lot of that was just boxing but they would go to random sports and stuff and outdoor stuff and uh strongman stuff and you name it they would wide world of sports right but you're right when you go back and look at those ratings and it doesn't it's, it doesn't have to be Ali or anything like that. You know, I mean, it was, like you said, there was guys that were just fight or fight fans' favorites because they were in brawls, and yeah, the ratings were crazy. No doubt about it. Um, so, yeah, so basically we now, you know, we now know officially, and I remember even a couple weeks ago, um, you know, hearing about an announcement, people talking about an announcement, um, even um, Espinoza in an interview said, when, when that time comes it will be announced and at the time a few weeks ago that it hadn't been fully decided and you know you, you'll find out when you find out um, and, and we found out Paramount plus you know has acts showtime boxing showtime sports in general um, and like I said at the beginning of the show John you know you, you don't you never really like people getting fired losing their jobs obviously. That's part of it that people don't really think all the ways through. It is pretty crazy at the same time. Um, like I said, the writing was on the wall. Um, and if you look at the behind the scenes corporate structure uh, that went on here, CBS, Viacom, Paramount, you know Global, like a bunch of stuff happening in the background. That's where the writing was on the wall. And and when we're talking about streaming being the future, it's just a matter of when that's going to happen. Because if you look at the NBA uh, college football and the NFL, they still have long-term, not 15 or 20 years, but long-term deals on linear TV, right? But even though like, Thursday night football, it's an 11-year deal. They're in their second year of it, you know. Um, Amazon Prime took over that Thursday night slot that had kind of moved around. Fox had it last. And the type of investment a billion dollars a year shows you how ready they are to be in sports. Uh, Amazon Prime, we'll talk about that a little later and the potential on that. But um, And even, you know, there's rumors that the NBA will have a – partial streaming deal in there, um, along with their, you know, it sounds like NBC is going to get back in a little bit, especially for playoffs and whatnot. But, um, we know it's just a matter of time now, you know, we've seen how much money was spent in these quote unquote streaming wars. And I think it's just Netflix. And I actually heard that Hulu has become somewhat profitable, but they're not not many of them are profitable just yet but like you said when you see Amazon for sports in entertainment I mean we know they got the funding and we know they mean business and, and for you to already like how smooth their broadcast is as far as you know when you have 13 or 18 or 15 million people tuning in at a time it's actually not that easy to have a legit Stream like that live streaming instead of something on archive is different and uh, they've done a hell of a job there I'll give credit there, but yeah, just a matter of time if you look at where cable is as far as subscribers being below um, 70 million now haven't seen a new figure just yet, but you know, it's right at like 68 or 69 when will that drop down to? to below 50 to below 40 i remember sometime in the early 90s it was like 35 million homes had cable tv uh, so speaking of the writing on the wall the writing is on the wall it's just a matter of who wins the streaming wars and uh it's all about trying to make it profitable you have to plan for the future but it is expensive you know and like i said netflix finally started making some money but back to the paramount thing and like i said you know, if you look at Disney with ESPN Plus and ESPN in general and how that juggernaut for so many years is dependent on cable TV and that they're starting to say, hey, maybe we'll, we'll share some of that asset instead of owning the 80% that they do or whatever. And obviously ESPN Plus, it's its the streaming wars and, and a lot of it, you know, it's a lot of investment for the future, but, you know, it is what it is. It's um, there's, you know, like I said, it's not a big shocker, but now that we know for a fact, you know, it does make me wonder where the PBC goes from here. Now, um, depending on the source that you hear, um, you know, uh, Manic said last week or something, or early, maybe, maybe yes, no, I think it was last week he said that. They're taking meetings with Amazon Prime. Um, definitely didn't mention finalizing a deal, but there are people out there that are just as good a source as him when it comes to boxing, because he could be pretty misleading, to be honest anyway. Um, you know, that the, they're actually in the process of finalizing the deal. Some people say it's already done. If you look at some of the people tied directly to Heyman, um, even like an Andre Berto, you know. Um, my guess is that it's either being finalized or it is finalized, um, but it is what it is, you know. I, I don't, we don't know whether that would be Amazon Prime, whether that would be Netflix, who's actually just getting into a, a live streaming sport event coming up here in like a month, or whether it's the zone. You know, I could, I can understand why boxing fans would want it on the zone, especially if they kept that price where it was, Uh, well, especially if they dropped the price a little bit, but, you know, as long as they didn't go jacking up the price more or something. But I can understand the idea, John, of, well, if you get the PBC and you have Matchroom and you have Golden Boy under one umbrella, that's a positive thing. And so I can understand that. Now, remember, Golden Boy and Matchroom, had a lot of 160 pounders and not a lot of fights beyond the first couple established ones. Um, really, uh, Canelo and Jacobs. And then you also, as far as in house, they did have Saunders and Andre, um, which I always get them credit for making, obviously, you know, they didn't go revisit that fight, (laughs) which you could kind of tell they were saving Saunders for Canelo. But, um, that doesn't guarantee it. You know, it's different than one entity buying up top rank, Golda Boy, Matchroom, NPBc, and having control of it. Right? That's a whole different ballgame than hey, we're all on the same platform. Well, a lot. You know, there was more than one you know promotional company on HBO. You know, for a long time. So. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that all these fights will all of a sudden happen. Now, do they have a better shot at it? Sure, I can see that that argument. But when you look at the the penetration of the zone in the U.S., there are other markets like Japan and other places where, because of soccer, they can, you know, have a lot more subscribers. But here, they haven't really penetrated the sports mark. You know, market. That's just honest, so you know.
2: Would I rather it be on
1: Amazon? Well, yeah, sure. Of course I would. But, you know, I understand the sentiment. If it goes to the zone, I, I get why people would think on the surface how, well, wait, you know, if they're all on one platform, that does help. Um, so what are your thoughts just in general as far as, uh, you know, showtime going out of business? And then what are your thoughts on the home of the PBC? I
3: think, first of all, with the showtime news with what you with what you've heard from Stephen Espinosa very recently, it's not a surprise. But I think you gotta take it back a bit. If if we're talking six months ago, this is a big surprise. This is shocking news. So I think that's
1: a good way to he, to reference that, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think we gotta be fair, Chris. I think we gotta kinda of look at it that way because look, you know, you go back to the spring and you're talking about Davis Garcia's getting made and happening and a 1.2 million pay-per-view a bit. Spence Crawford. Yeah, that's true. And and then, you know, Spence Crawford made after that, people are talking about great year for the sport, and anybody that said boxing fading or et cetera, you're, you're wrong. And look at this year, everybody celebrate and, in a way, he's fighting Fulton, and I, I think we got to break all this down. First, some, some credit to Stephen Espinosa because you know you and I have said it before, and you know he's boxing's a rough business, and and he's been in it, and you got you had to protect your turf and and market things and things like that. But with with that stuff all understood, I always felt like the guy was was always pretty candid and. Started hearing some now in more recent months. Comment I heard out of him that got me thinking. It. I, I mean, I didn't immediately take it to Showtime's going to be out of boxing by the end of the year, but
2: right, he had, right, right.
3: He had, said a, he had said a few months ago
2: something was and, changing. And was, <laughs>
1: you know,
3: yeah, yeah. It was getting to like like what I was saying before. He was kind of like alluding to those problems that went back forty years ago, like which. You know, he, and he's the TV exec in the business. It's all true, but you know, I hadn't heard him really talk that way. He, like, he was saying, um, this would, this was before his most recent set of interviews, too. Like, like, say a month or so ago, like he, he said, you know, there, there's advertisers that just don't don't want to get into this and be associated with it on these broadcasts, or you know, even pay per view, because you know, because of the violence you know and what can happen and you've had some history of that it's it's not as simple as just getting you know advertisers to sign on board because a lot of them have problems with that and that had always been true uh, at least since the early 80s uh like i said when the when the golden era faded and i thought steven is talking like that i thought I, I think that's true but i thought I, to myself you know i wonder wonder why he's He's saying that now. It must be getting kind of rough out there. And I thought about, even though I know he's with Showtime, but you and I talked about, you know, why didn't this expand to P- to CBS? And you know, PBC was first getting into it. They had the the complimentary, you know, Showtime on CBS broadcasts of uh, you know Thurman, Thurman Garcia and,
0: and,
3: and Thurman and Porter. And, you know, I thought that was the way to do it. You know, you're taking a little bit of a hit on your getting your showtime subscriptions, but you're getting these guys seen, getting high. And those fights did get much higher ratings. Uh, You know, building up the base for PBC, what they're trying to do, get fights back on free TV to to build these guys up and where you ultimately to pay per view. So that was done. They got away from that. And then, you know, Fox had... the, the Fox part of the PBC deal, let's face it, especially now that the dust is really settled, you know, it, it, it did end up going bad. It didn't It didn't work out. So you had those kinds of issues. And then Espinosa was talking that way, and that, that caught my eye. I wasn't sure why he was talking that way, even though it was true. And then about a month ago, you know, I pointed that out when we were talking, you know, on the show, that he gave the interview to Boxing News, you know, the the British boxing publication that's real credible goes back to 1909, kind of like the, you know, the ring goes back, even predates the ring, but there had been like the ring in the UK, but, but still going, you know, still going uh, strong over there. But, you know, Stephen Espinosa, you know, intelligent guy, he knows that. So he he gave a, a very candid interview to boxing news what, like a month ago. And, and he said, "What's all come up today? Like we we might be out of this. You know, we might be out of this." And so then you're right. It's like not a surprise now when you heard him talking that way. But kind of was a surprise over those few months that it just developed, and that one seemed to develop quickly. That Showtime and boxing in general was having a year that people hardcore fans were celebrating and here we are in October and they're going to be out of the sport by the end of the year. That, that's a, in that sense, that's a, that's a pretty big turnaround and you're right about the way streaming's coming on. There's no doubt about that, but, and I've seen people tweeting this out tonight, but, but it's not exactly true. Like, you know, box, this move showtime's getting out because streaming's the future. Like, yeah, it's part of that, but like, these are problems with boxing. I mean, that's why I got to give a little pushback. That not on you, Chris, but I mean on some of these other people. Like, you can't stick yeah, your yeah. head in the sand. Hey, we're it's just moving to a new platform. You know, all, all is all is well. You know, it's like you hit you hit the ice you hit the iceberg, and you're saying everything's everything's fine. Not not really. Um, yeah, streaming, I'm, I'm not arguing that streaming is ultimately the future. Technology's change. I mean, I knew that when I was advocating for what PBC was doing, getting eyeballs on broadcast TV, because just like you said with, with the NFL, I mean, the NFL's not pulling off a you know traditional linear broadcast TV yet. I mean, obviously for good reason. It yeah, they just re-upped. <laughs> they just got a brand right.
1: new deal. The same with the NBA is about to announce it.
3: Yeah, it doesn't mean that. And college football, stay- look at
1: the Big 10. You know, the Big 10 has an 8-year deal and most of it's on linear AB or CBS, NBC, and Fox.
3: Right, it doesn't mean it's going to stay the same forever, but you can have both, you know, you can add the streaming to your right. traditional platform. So when when boxing and you pointed out a couple weeks ago a real good point because I think that's the next big issue. And I think we do see where that's coming now after what just happened with Showtime, that ESPN deal with top Rank's not going to get renewed. I mean, that you, you might as well just start talking about it because you get cards like Saturday night. It's just not going to do it. Yeah. Shakur will get some ratings, but he's about all you got left. Well, and, and Tio, Tio, you know, he, his ratings are strong, but not, not much, you know, not, not too many guys, you know, not, not too many people that are going to get to drive. And, you know, that, and even with those guys ratings, it's relatively speaking, you know, that, that's compared to kind of the rest of boxing, but it's, it's subject to debate how those, how good those ratings are concerning the cost to put the stuff on for what else they could show. So um, that, that's going to be the kind of the next shoe to drop. But I mean, it, this moves. It's not just that boxing's just going to streaming and, and boxing. You know that, that's the argument they try to make for DAZN, and you know people like you and I were saying ah, that that's nonsense, and, and that ended up being true. I, that's why I don't think DAZN's the answer for um, PBC. Frankly, I think DAZN's on their way out too. Uh, I'll, I'll make that call, and I know I'm, I'm citing all the the current platforms, but I think that's the reality we're faced <laughs> You're with. You're talking but, about so,
1: boxing in the U.S. Is that what you're
3: talking about yeah, for the zone? Yeah, uh, yeah okay. right. I'm paying for the boxing in the U.S. So I think it's, you know, and obviously the the boxer series on NBC is not going to carry things in the U.S. Uh, you know, showing U.K. fighters. I, I do think there's a little bit of an opening. Like you said, I've said this for a couple of years, the kind of late afternoon window in the U.S. might work a little for something like that, but that's still not going to drive major interest or anything. So I think it comes down to, does PBC stay together and where do they end up if they do? And remember, I'm surprised it hasn't been talked about more, but I'm taking note of this because, you know, of course he's on social media and everything. I don't, I don't see any panic out of Canelo yet. So that would fit the theory. Right, right. That you mentioned that something's going on and Leonard Ellerby treated something out a couple hours ago. And I take it seriously because he would know, even if he's maybe got some bias, I mean, he's saying, I'm not worried. Wait till you see what's coming. Um, my first thought was what you've been saying, the, the Amazon deal, and, and that is being reported. Um, but then it goes back to those issues that we, we kind of talked about earlier. Is Amazon willing to you know be associated with boxing? I mean, boxing fans may not like that, but that's a real issue for these you know, these entities and these advertisers, I mean, if they are, how much would they
1: push it anyway? You know?
3: Right. Right. And then if they're squeamish about it, right. How much do they push it? I mean, if they're willing to be associated with it, I mean, in the modern way things are going, like you said, I mean, the NFL's got a decent broadcast with them. Um, you know, so many people have Amazon prime now, I would feel like that's, with boxing situation, if they would be interested, that would be the best landing spot. I don't think the design, I don't think the zones going anywhere in the U.S., so I don't think that would be good. I think if they were going to do it, let's. And to me, it's totally theoretical, but kind of the way you described it, Chris. I, but I I just don't see the way boxing's at now with the way they're milking the hardcore fan. They would do it. I mean, if they were willing to PBC in, and then for that twenty to twenty three dollars a month. They were they were going to mainly just have those fights on there with an occasion a truly occasional pay per view.
1: Yeah, almost yeah. what the zone was going for, where you're like, oh, right, that's going to be right. on straight up Amazon. Okay.
3: Yeah, like like if the zone was going to do it, but I don't think they like if the zone was going to do that with Golden Boy Matchroom – and PBC, you might say as right. a hardcore thing, hey, I'm going to pay 24 bucks a month for that yeah, if, yeah. if they yep. only got to pay for one pay-per-view a year. But I just don't think they're going to do that, and I don't think Zone will do it. So, yeah, that would be – the ultimate ideal would be then what you just alluded to, like if Amazon picked up PBC and then they were going to do what Zone was going to do, that would be great. I don't think that would happen, but I guess – for the boxing optimists out there, which there actually are a lot of them. And I frankly don't think they're realistic a lot of times, but for those boxing optimists out there, I would say that's your best case scenario that Amazon kind of like the zone was going to do. And the zone, remember, wanted the NFL. Amazon's already got that because they had the money. If they're saying, well, we got NFL, we're going to fill up some dates because we want to be in sports with boxing programming and we're going to kind of do what the zone was going to do. And and we're going to, you know, just have all the fights on Amazon prime. I mean, that would be your ultimate best case scenario. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I think even if it's just PBC having some pay-per-views and then getting some of the guys dates on, on Amazon prime can do, um, I mean, I think I I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if Amazon wants in. I mean, like, you know, Bezos has the Washington Post. I mean, he's he's in other things. I mean, but that would be if you ever got on there, that would be great. I mean, you know, they got Amazon's got the Washington Post and things like that. Uh, see, even though it's streaming, yeah, we're trying to just, be
1: realistic. You know, we're not trying well, to bend over backwards with optimism, but you know, going <laughs> right. over the different potential, you know, landing spots.
3: Yeah, that would be the best. I mean, I don't know if Netflix would have interest. That wouldn't be bad. Um, it troubles me that, you know, what what boxing fans should be troubled about, and this is where a lot of them are sticking their head in the sand. And, you know, look, you and I have been big supporters of what PBC tried to do. I make no apologies for that. I still like what they tried to do. They took a shot, and I always like quoting Dana White because I think Dana told the truth on that. I mean, he actually – You know, 2015, he was interviewed basically supporting what Al Heyman was trying to do. He said, somebody needed to do this. It's long overdue. I think Dana White was just telling the truth there. I mean, and then, you know, Heyman ran into all kinds of resistance from competitors in boxing. And like I've said a lot of times, you know, because I think this is some of the stuff that's led to today, though. Uh, You know, kind of, a to me, a, a misinterpretation of what the Ali Act was originally designed to do and it's it's not really being utilized you know for for what it was designed to do and it's kind of kind of out of date in that sense yeah yeah you know then hey look I want the boxers to make as much as possible you do but when people you know talk about like how much Canelo makes and then you know maybe you look at uh you know what Terence Crawford just made say or something like that or Wilder yeah, I'm I'm in favor of all that, but but there's guys fighting on undercards, literally risking their brain health and death for for a thousand bucks. That's not right. You know, that's not a good that's not a good system. I mean, that's not a that's not a like a revenue share of the sport. You know, so it's not all good for the boxers. It's good for some. There's boxers. no union
1: involved with that. No union would sign up for that.
3: <laughs> right. Exactly. So that is the point. Like. You know, I want Canelo and uh, Floyd Mayweather and Deontay Wilder and everybody else to make all that money, but when the, when nobody else is that's out there taking taking and they are taking the same risks. Let's face it, the risks are the same. So, uh, you know, when they're taking the same risks and you're not making any money, that's that's not really a great system. I mean, you know. So, in other words, what I'm saying is when people say how bad UFC is where the the top guys don't make what Canelo makes or what Floyd Mayweather make. I agree. I like boxing better that way. I'd rather have the guys taking the risk, make the money, but to say that it's a great system compared to UFC. When you look at the bottom part of the boxing system, or not even the bottom, just everybody below the very top. It's, you know, it, yeah, I'd rather have the boxers get that money than Dana Dana White and the, you know endeavor, but it's not a it's not a great system either so what I'm saying is I think that's what Al Heyman was kind of trying to do at the beginning like you know when he remember I like getting back to this because it was the right idea but they just couldn't hold it um, they didn't talk about the alphabets for the first year they ignored them I, I still love that part I mean it's like what was that like 2015? They wouldn't mention the Alphabets yeah. on their show. They wouldn't
1: show it. They wouldn't show them getting <laughs> melted and stuff like that. And, and writer, a lot of writers would just be like, they, they their whole life they've been working for this. And now they're, they, you know, all this stuff. is like, D- it's really not that big of a deal. Calm down. You know, just like uh, having the fighter walk out alone. Who cares? You know, if right. the fighter walks out alone.
3: I thought that was all pretty good. Um that's what I mean. I, I, I missed that. I mean that's eight years ago, but like that's what I'm that's kinda what I'm sad about today and I don't I don't think these PBC haters, like, they weren't right about anything. It was just, you know, Al Heyman was taking a shot at the sport, was in decline and trying to see if he could he could make something happen and you know, maybe take boxing as an undervalued product. I mean, and that's what the investors agreed. I mean and they know what risks they're taking. You know, trying to see if maybe we've got an undervalued product here, and then the zone followed along, and so did ESPN. They they ended up going along the same line. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. they went along Heyman's original line. Hey, we got something undervalued here. Uh, I can pump none other than Dana White. Like I keep saying, he even thought it was a good idea, but you know, there were just too many things working against it. So, what can you salvage with it now? You know, Amazon would seem to be the best shot, but uh, what I wonder is if, if if, let's say Amazon's not interested. I mean, boy, it it could be it could be it could be pretty bad. Um, Where it would seem to have some value would just be like, you know, boxing is year round, and in theory, I mean, if you take all the fighters, you know, in the world, that's what PBC's is good that they have a lot of guys, you know. You could have like if the fights didn't fall out. I mean, you you could have a lot of fights a week, and yeah, when yeah. somebody yep. picks up a TV product, they they like that. I mean, that's what's kept baseball alive, believe it or not, all these years. It's just you know they they got so many dates that it fills up six months of these regional sports networks programming. They can run it out there every day. That I mean would maybe be where there's some value, but but again. It, the fight's got to be decent enough where people are going to watch him. If people don't watch him, it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's really tough to see exactly where that is. I mean, you know, and and we've been honest here, you know, as far as going back to, you know, a lot of people love to HBO and in Showtime in this, in this uh, matter, They've been in the business so long, of course, on both networks. Obviously, HBO at the time for boxing was always the big brother. Um, but you know, we have so many memories, and uh, you know, the one thing I always remember about HBO is, you know, the broadcast, right? In in, in right. the way they were able to deliver it, that did you know set the standard that. You know it was very tough to keep up with, especially when it went away. Um, we can have debates about certain people behind the mic, but at least there would be a little debate within there to kind of at least make double points in there, both have points in there to to kind of be like, well, actually, Larry, or this, they'd say that you know at least there was now we just see over the top bandwagging on all the platforms to the right. point where it's just like, come on, you know." Um, At least you had Lampley saying, well, I don't know about that. Or or didn't you say, you know, you look bad today, you win, and then you move on. And, you know, they'd at least have a debate going on to where both sides could at least be be heard or whatever. But, you know, in the end, though, if we're being honest, you know, it definitely shrunk the sport going to HBO. Boxing helped build HBO. And we just talked about PBC. We talked about – just zone. We talked about this investment stuff. Well, that's exactly what HBO did. They they paid more, so of course that's going to get more people here, or boxers and managers and promoters, right? And then, um, you know, it did take it off. A, a combination of stuff happened there. But then, obviously, the pay per view, and that's where it is a business. And I don't know how far it would stray from that business, just because. Um, a very small amount of people can make money off that and lots of it. Um, like you said, even if it did go to something like Netflix or Amazon, for there not to be one pay per view, I just don't know if that's true because that's part of the revenue. You know, they're gonna wanna see something, you know? Now you if you could put Canelo and Gervonta, and yeah, those guys will get sign ups and subscribers, sure. At least for a fight, you know, if they only fight twice a year like a lot of boxing does, well, then they're probably going to not be on it. Then, whatever. I could see some of that if it's, if they're not pay-per-view, but the grand scheme of things, it would have to be like, you know, uh, I don't know. It, like it's just it – just, there's so much money that way that you can – I don't know. I just don't know if that would ever go away uh, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean – as far as, you know, there's plenty of things that I'll remember, but I'm definitely not one of these stuck-on-a-platform type things. So, do I miss HBO every weekend, in and out? No, I don't. You know, or, or even, like, the last couple of years of HBO was pretty mediocre. You know, ESPN yeah. Friday Night Fights was pretty mediocre. Like, right. Um. so... I'm not – it's really about what's next rather than, oh, my God, boxing's dead. Because NBC, we all know, if if anybody that watched the NBA on NBC, that theme music (laughs) that you always hear when the playoffs come around and they got out of the business a while ago, now they're going to get back into it at least somewhat anyway. Um, Things come and go. It is what it is. I'm not – I don't like to get – I never got into that HBO or Showtime stuff, Um, you know. This year, Showtime had the better year. Zone was the network of the year last year. Um, it, it is what it is. If you, if you put the best stuff on, that's who we're going to go with for this year. You put the best stuff on, cool. But to sit there and get you know tied into this stuff, it, it does get a little over the top. And um, I'll say this, like I said earlier before you got on, the sentiment in the last few years of Showtime compared to HBO, it's pretty obvious. Um, that the common denominator, or not the common denominator, but the the one thing as far as Al Hayman the PDC, prior to them going over there, there wasn't this, you know, F Showtime, Showtime's dead, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't all that stuff, you know? They weren't ripping. In fact, when Al and Golden Boy were over there, all of a sudden it was more of an even battle online, you know, because the Golden Boy and, and Oscar obviously, a lot of people love them, and, and as a fighter, I sure did too. But um, to get so lost in that, and obviously Payola does play a part in that. We know that for a fact. That's not uh, some kind of made-up thing. Um, I mean, even Eddie Hearn said it for the zone. Um, if you look at, like we said uh, with HBO, when the budget started shrinking and then Showtime's budget increased, all of a sudden, it was a fair fight, and they felt like, "Well, we're going to just invest in something else." And I remember the, you know, the, the the person in charge at the time said, "PBC coming in with this investment, it did change the market, and that was, of course, it did. It totally did, and uh, it made them rethink it." But it's funny how the if you look at the what the zone was overpaying for fights like. million for Vargas and and, uh, Mikey Garcia. Like if we can all agree that the, 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 the salaries went up and the budget went up with that investment with the PBC, which that is a fair assessment. Then we, and that's where I, that's where the unfairness comes. The not the non-biased look at it is, well, shit, if you're all caught up on that one, then you really should be like, what the hell did the zone do? Because what that did is raise everybody's money, their, their baseline for their guarantees. Not everybody, but the top. You know, look at series. Uh, look at Wilder. Look at Crawford. Look at some of these guys. Right when the zone hit the market with all this money, they had to hold on to their assets. So, yeah, as a boxing fan, like I said, ultimately it'd be great if somebody... And a lot of people will talk about the U.S. Dever, right? That they would just buy up top rank, Golden Boy, Matchroom, and people just buy it all up. Now the people can still work there. I'm not saying fire everybody, you know, that would be silly. But like at least then you'd ha- you'd own it, and then you could start saying these are the fights I want. Blah 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 blah. Let's make the undercard this, that, and the other. Well, then now we're talking. And you put that puppy on ESPN, ESPN Plus, or whatever crime or whatever the hell it would be. Now, now we're talking because now you're actually going to get most of the fights you're going to want to. Now, don't be surprised, though, then if there still wasn't, you know, because there's no one supervising it federally, really. They'd be thinking business, too. If you don't think that, you're out of your mind, you know. They'd be still, well, let's wait till next year to make that fight. Because why? Because it's going to draw more interest. So, now, does it need to be pushed off for four to five years? No, I do think that would be an improvement. And the, the mid-level fights would be made at a much higher rate. That has been one of the coolest things, is the mid-level quality fight has gotten a lot more exposure since 2015 on ESPN, Fox, all this stuff. It really has. And, and, but there's just so many dates even with the cutback in dates after COVID, there were still so many dates that we knew that there was good, you know, do I want to go all the way back to pre, you know, where the summers I'd say pre 2015 where the summers sometimes you'd have to wait like four to five weeks for the next big fight. No, I don't. I don't, but we don't need three events going head to head on a Saturday night either. That's not going to get you anywhere either. So, It's kind of a mixed blend of everything, and uh, like I said, we'll see what the future holds. There's all sorts of rumors out there. Any other items that you'd like to discuss, sir? The only other final
3: thoughts I'd have on that, Chris, is one thing I want to say, because I've been thinking about this for a while, and I keep meaning to mention it, but I haven't, and it it totally fits what we're talking about tonight with the loss of the Showtime deal uh, and what's next. You know, I think even though, and, and, you know, there's times where I've watched MMA and boxing, you know, UFC and boxing, you know, always, um, you know, follow boxing more. But there, there's been times where I have followed MMA more than I am right at the moment. But so I'm, I'm not saying you can't watch both and everything you can. And, uh, you know, it's it's in theory there can be overlapping fan bases. But, but I think what's un, been underrated and has hurt is that, When you know the UFC and MMA got popular, I I think people think it did this, but it really didn't. Like even if there are different fans, I'm just going to make up a number. This isn't like a a real number or what I have, but it'll just you know I have any information on, but it's just going to illustrate my point. Let's say, let's go back to, uh, let's just say it was the year 1997. Let let's say there, let's just. Say in the U.S., there was five million boxing fans. Okay, and boxing, even then, in say 1998, you know, it's dwarfed by the NFL, you know, Major League Baseball, NBA, and sure, you know, you're you're, you're not getting talked about like you were in the you know the eighty the 80s the 70s the 60s you know the, the 1920s etc. Um, but but boxing was still kind of part of the public consciousness. It would get mentioned here or there, and then you'd have a huge fight, like
1: you know yeah, you Yeah, the big Le- events. Yeah, the big events, mm-hmm. and that's about it.
3: yeah, like Hagler Leonard, and you know you know things was eighty seven, right. and you know there and like like things where you would get mainstream people talking about it, knowing what it was. So let let's say at that point, if maybe there was five million boxing fans, and then uh, it would you'd have a mega event and you'd get then people talking about on NFL broadcast, NBA broadcast, you know, down at your, your, your local bar or club or whatever, or just, you know, whatever you run into somebody with a big event, I think like when MMA got popular, it didn't expand the, again, I'm just totally making up a number. So then let's say as a couple of decades went by I think, like, the 5 million boxing fans, then it was probably, like, 2 million boxing fans and maybe 3 million MMA fans or something like that. The point I'm trying to make of all this is, like, like combat – you know, then you called it combat sports, the two combined. Like, it didn't get any bigger. It just divided up the same pie. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Like, in other words, you know, when UFC first got their Fox deal and then it went over to ESPN – yeah, you know, they've they've tried to make like it, 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 you know. Oh, we're we're getting bigger, we're going mainstream, but that never really happened. All all it was was like they took some of the space where boxing used to get the occasional mention, you know, on ESPN, things like that. It wasn't mentioned like other sports. So like UFC took a little a bit of that away from boxing. I think watered it down, but in other words, they didn't get mainstream. So. I think that's part of the problem, too, is, like, whatever that number is, like, there's just – and it goes to, like, what Espinosa was saying about the advertisers and stuff. Like, there's just a certain amount of people and advertisers that are willing to be involved in combat sports, now you'd call it, and that used to be just boxing only, let's say, whatever year you want to take it, pre-2000 or right. whatever. Uh and, and and so like it, it's a finite pool you know what i mean like it's not getting bigger it's not it doesn't expand and it didn't expand for ufc that was a myth like that that was just kind of took a, took and a it piece was going to keep getting to younger,
1: and younger and younger and younger and then you're like well actually the the fans just got older with it
3: <laughs> right 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 so pool just got divided up and i think that's what hurt boxing like it it wasn't that ufc got big like that's what they would try to you know Sell it as, and some people who are MMA fans. I, I, I don't. I think that's a myth. I don't think that's true. But it just kind of like divided up boxing's pie, and and that's her. So like, and, and ultimately it also caps UFC. Like I, I mean, I don't think UFC's expanded to any other group. So, um, you know that that. Yeah, because they something.
1: went and did what they said they weren't going to do. Follow boxing's. And they went out and did like ten, twelve pay per views a year. You know? <laughs> right, and I remember my right. my my, you know, uh friends after a while were like, Damn, dude, like for a second there it was like every three weeks. It was like, Holy shit, what didn't you say you weren't gonna do what boxing did? Um, but they they were more stacked cards on average and Yeah, you're right. You could just get more interest, like maybe you didn't wanna pay for a pay per view, but then Couple of your buddies want to do it, or, or someone's already rented it, and hey, I'll go over there. And, and, and you know, it was a entertainment night. You know, you got your entertainment right. value. You at the time,
3: right? And then, and then the other thing I just want to finally close on is, I think one option we didn't discuss that's worth discussing. I don't like it, but I think it's very likely. I mean, let's say this Amazon rumor turns out to be not true for like PBC. I personally think the zone's going to go down in the U.S. and I think as we've talked, I don't think that top rank deal is going to get renewed. So, I think there's a scenario out there that's likely. I don't know how well it does, but it could very well be upon us even next year or, or you, the year after that, where maybe then they're just you know on an app just per view, and and they are actually become loaded cars. I'm not saying it's good, but you know the car Right, are but the loaded. fight
1: app. Yeah, the fight app yeah, or whatever,
3: like, yeah. It's yep. like the PBC fight app or the top rank fight app. It's 85 bucks when you get the pay-per-view and the card. But then the only thing that changes is the card's completely loaded because they, they are forced to then because they can only – even they can only run so many. So they got to get these fighters' dates and, and what exposure they can. I think that's a right. scenario that's very real that could be upon us because – in these last days of Showtime, that's kind of what they became in these very last few months. Yeah. So I think kind of the, the writings on the wall there... It's that's not, not out of the realm. It's no, definitely
0: it's not, not out, out of the realm. realm. Yeah. Right. I now, agree with now that.
3: Because oh. even Stephen Espinosa said there was a debate. Some people, you know, obviously in the inner circles, thought you could do right. that. And, and really... That's yep. all you needed to do anymore. And he said he was of the opinion that that wasn't worth it, that you had to have a buildup.
1: But yeah, that's, both, not necessarily, right.
3: like, that's not necessarily science. Like, in other words, that's Espinosa's opinion, but, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: yeah.
3: Right. I, right. I'm just saying theoretically, sure. I'm not saying I want this, but I'm kind of saying, like, a, who knows? Maybe eight, eight cards that not just hype stacked, like, are legitimately stacked.
1: Yeah, under yeah, eighty-five
3: a yeah. piece. Maybe they sell enough, and they enough know the hardcores
1: them. will be happy. Be like, oh, yeah. I'll pay for but, this, no problem. You know,
3: right? It's all hardcores, and maybe they right. sell enough of of eight of those a year from hardcores that that's what it becomes. I, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. I mean, the Amazon deal or something would seem to be ideal, but I don't think this all pay-per-view like Outlaw Sport type of thing, which has been kicked around by some knowledgeable people. It's unfortunate, but. Like, this could be the beginning of that too, like the outlaw sport thing where you're just all pay-per-view and it's kind of like an outlaw sport for hardcores that day might be upon us now. So we'll, we'll see, but it's
1: not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And that's what we do here at rope Adobe radio. We will put it up on the wall and see what sticks. You know, we're not going to sit there and go into one way because like you were saying, like, we know streaming is the future, but what we don't know exactly when it'll 100% take over in sports. And like you said, the NFL college football, NBA, they're heavy, heavy into, you know, free TV and cable still technically. So um, it's not like tomorrow, but yeah, who knows? You know, we'll see as, as that time goes by, I do have some, Stuff i'll go over a little bit later in the show but i appreciate you john for uh taking time out for a longer segment and uh you know giving your thoughts
3: all right chris great talking with you as always have a good rest of the night
1: yeah you too take it easy take care all righty and for those wondering i see Carcino will pop in there in just a second my friend um and here's an example um If you look at ABC, this is sports TV ratings. ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC reaches down to 88 million homes. That's out of Nielsen's 123.8 TV homes, which include broadband only. The example, um, there are 36 million TV homes that don't have any traditional TV. The 88 um, homes include uh, YouTube, TV, etc. People using antennas, and it's funny because my generation, a little younger and a little older, I have to tell people sometimes, like, "Hey, dude, you can watch that for free if you just get an antenna, or there'll be like a a, a local app that you can just download on your Roku or whatever the hell you have, and you can watch. You still can watch
0: free TV, dude.
1: Like if a game's on." CBS, dude, and you don't have, like, you can still watch it, dude. There's ways to watch it, dude, whether it's an antenna or whatever. Like, if you don't have cable, you can still get that. And it's funny because sometimes they won't, they don't get it. They're like, oh, I didn't know that. It's like, yeah, yeah, dude. You don't have to have cable to watch ABC or, or like, a traditional TV and whatnot. And we're talking about, uh, you know, the USC does have, uh, a debt due in 2026 2.7 billion Disney with the ESPN isn't, you know, has been the UFC deal. Hasn't been all that great for them per se. It has been for the UFC obviously in, in many ways. Um, but yeah, will that in 2000, we went over that uh, August, 2025. So, you know, under two years, that's when the top rank deal would be up. So, By the end of next year, not this year, but the end of next year, if they haven't extended, then you wonder what would be going on with that. And and if they did extend, what would the deal be? Um, Because, yeah, I mean, you know, I want to – I would like that to stay, Um, especially now over the last, I don't know, year and change that every ESPN – you know, on basic cable is also on the app, whereas you know originally that wasn't the case. So I, I, I really thought that was dope. Um, so you don't have to have basic cable to be able to watch the ESPN boxing. So I really like that a lot. But we'll see. Like I said, I don't. I'm not one of those. I want to see people die and dead and talk about oh, top ranks dead. And I, no, it's not like that. I, I'm a realist. You know. I don't think they'd get the same deal they had, but you can look at Fox moved on from PBC. They also moved on from the WWE, you know, COVID messed up a lot of budgets for sports and entertainment. um, And then the streaming wars and whatnot, but I'm not going to act like I know exactly what's next. Um, I'm not going to celebrate Showtime's death, just like I didn't celebrate HBO, but I'm also not going to, sugarcoat some stuff about Showtime and HBO as well. Um, like I said, if you look back at it, you know, Carcino and I and many others are old enough, still young at heart, but old enough to know that technically speaking, the first shrinkage of the business was it going on premium cable. And we now know the last five, eight years premium cable has just shrunk. Even at, that, at, at a time when HBO was a giant, right, especially compared to Showtime, Um, but they they ran stuff, you know, and and, and so, you know, that shit, if there's going to be less cable homes, well, there's going to be less people with it on their cable, HBO on their cable, Showtime on their cable. I still am old enough where I have a Showtime on the cable. You know, I'm not going to have any more. If I like something on Showtime, I'll do what I do some of the other apps. Well, just, uh, okay, I'll let that, you know, series go or, and then boom, pick it up, you know, and be like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get it for a month and, and catch up with something I like or something like that, like I do with other apps. Like I don't have Peacock. Um, I don't have, I don't have a variety. I don't have Hulu. um, But I have some other ones. I have Amazon. I have Netflix. I, you know, I have some. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, my, My thoughts are that they know where they're going to go, whether it's being finalized or it is done. That's the, that's what I'm getting out of it, but I'm not going to sit here and like, I have a source to Al Heyman, you know, like, Oh yeah, I know all the details, you know, just like I don't know the details directly from a variety of folks, but you do have some folks as far as quote unquote sources that you trust and you look and you go, okay, well what you know, is that person what's the track record of that person and, and this and that and so we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Um, some people would just love to see like I said, this whole showtime dying for the last couple of years, that has most to do with Al Hayman there. Because I never heard that before. Oh, Showtime boxy's gonna die now they were always the little brother to HBO, plenty of fighters, Andre Ward, plenty of fighters kind of got going on Showtime and then would move up. You know, I'm not saying it was minor league to major league all the time. Cause they had a lot of quality fights. If you look back at it. Um, so I'm not trying to say that Showtime didn't produce good ass fights because they did, but you know, Hey, at least Showtime went out with a bang. Um, like I said, the writing's been on the wall now, and, and it happened. The writing was on the wall budget-wise, especially with HBO. You can see the last couple of years of that. Um, I don't get too nostalgic when it comes to this stuff, beyond because I'm more about that fight. Not oh, that fight was on this. It was on this. You know, did I like like you know HBO the the legendary knights? Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll watch some from time to time or whatever, but I wish there was, you know, I wish they'd do more of those or whatever. Yeah, that, that'd that be cool. I do like the ESPN Classic stuff where they, when someone would go to the Hall of Fame, they'd have like a two-hour, three-hour interview with them, and they'd go through their whole career and show highlights, and that was a, that was one of the best shows. I remember uh, Oscar did it, one of my favorite ones, because, you know, it's my favorite favorite, Sugar and Leonard. Um, so yeah. I, by the way, I do think Catterall will beat Linares. I, I got a message. I, I, I thought I said that, but I guess I didn't. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know what Linares has left, man. You know. And I did forget um, Felix Alvarado. You know, I did think that he got wronged. Um, I did. You know, I I, I definitely did. I, I I had him winning the fight um and the way it went down was just so weird um you know initially you know declared the winner and then like you know the announcer oh actually no you know it's it, it's all over the place that was that was weird I'm glad someone reminded me of that because that was a strange one that was definitely a strange one and yeah I think Rocha will win. Hopefully, that's one of those two fights turn out to be competitive and whatnot, um, but yeah, as I mentioned, the Bawatsi-Aziz fight, Aziz hurt his back in his last sparring session, um, and I was looking forward to that fight. Anyway, let's go ahead and bring in Carcino into the fold. Carcino, man, what is going on with you, sir? How are you doing tonight? Uh,
2: well, I'm alright. I'm out here on a date, so that oh. was <laughs> Uh-oh. That's why I'm uh-oh. like, it's like, oh, yeah, let me call in right quick. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I
1: don't want to take, take too much of your time. Yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time. Now that you say that, but uh, uh, you can talk about Tim Zoo. You can talk about the Showtime stuff. You can talk about what you're hearing next for Al Heyman. Talk about whatever you want, sir.
2: Well, what I'm hearing for Al is that uh in actuality that they're going to you know, it's looking more likely not really Amazon Prime. I mean it's everyone's assuming that's a locked deal, that's not. Uh the zone is actually still active and they've been looking at, you know, Zeus as a uh as another person, but Zeus just doesn't have the revenue to uh, to to match the kind of budget that Al Heyman is looking for so they they're trying to get and solicit amazon price to i mean Amazon prime to their price level by putting it out in the press, but they are definitely looking at other options. nothing's written in stone yet.
1: Okay.
2: Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm going to talk to Sam Watson tomorrow and see what's going on as well. There we and go. see what's going oh, on. But Yeah, that... it's put a lot of fights in, like, um, you know, Spence Crawford, too. Well, that's in, you know, negotiation hell right now, so... Yeah, you never know what. Yeah, I
1: know for a fact there's multiple like undercard or main event type fights that are signed and uh waiting on that as well.
2: Yeah, oh, definitely. And then you gotta you gotta think about the actual purpose of the matchups and you know, in particular. You know, you got uh actual uh and Demetrius Andre and that fight's coming up soon, and yep. you know you I don't know. Is this show? Is that Showtime's last fight? Is they're getting that fight? I don't even know.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely doing it. They're definitely doing it because they do have. Until yeah, I know the
2: they're, end they're of this doing year. the fight. I just don't know if Showtime is going to be uh distributing that fight or what's going to happen. But uh, getting to the Tim Zo fight, uh, I mean, as far as Tim Zoo and Charlo, I mean, if I'm Charlo, you, you might as well fight Tim Zoo. Nothing else really makes sense. Agree. Because if you're thinking, totally like, agreed. I'm just going to fight Terrence Crawford because I'm just going for the money, it don't make no sense because you're coming off of a loss. You know, he's got to fight Errol Spence again. And nobody wants to see him fight a guy that just lost. You know, I mean, he you just, you just lost to Canelo in, in a poor fashion for you. And now it looks so you embarrassed yourself. And now you're at this point. Yeah, he's got to get back on the
1: horse. Look. Get people going again because that fight would be something that they're like, all right, let's see this one, you know, see, see what kind of Charlo shows up.
2: Yeah, and they got a lot of backing into Tim Zhu, and I think he can beat Tim Zhu. Actually, actually, I think he could. Uh, Tim Zhu is, uh, he hasn't really fought a guy, to me, with the kind of, you know, athleticism that Charlo has. And Charlo can hit at one fifty four, so I don't know. I think it's a kinda even fight, you know. I I really don't see a lot of people are really big on Timson. I'm like, he's he's okay, you know, um I like him but I just haven't really seen enough of him to really say he's that much better than Charlo.
1: Sure. I think that's fair.
2: But a lot of people are drunk the Kool Aid all the way to the bottom. But going into that fight, <laughs> they're looking for i probably more. yeah.
1: And they got it on their lips. They got that little red mark on the top of their lip.
2: Oh yeah, they've drunk that Kool Aid down to the to the last sugar that's in the <laughs> tank. Putting so. their finger
1: in the cup, trying to get a little more sugar on it.
2: <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> But yeah, I'm not that convinced on him. But yeah, the boxing world's been quite silent. Like Canelo is like he would fight Errol Spence at, at one sixty eight, but fighting Terrence Crawford at that weight, I don't know about that. <laughs> Canelo doesn't want he's not stupid. He's not gonna he's not gonna wanna fight Errol Spence. I mean, uh Terrence Crawford. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't want that either. That's a difficult matchup. And he knew from the matchup, when the fight was made, Errol was in trouble. Errol tailor-made for Canelo. Tailor-made for him.
1: And that was just going to be a money fight anyway, you know?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, he's out his weight class. The only thing about Terence is where the weight slowing him down.
1: Yeah, that's my biggest thing. He's got the skills to do it, but man, that's going to be tough to jump up that many weight classes in one fight. I almost want to see him at fifty four because of that. You know what I mean? Just to go up a notch yeah. one, and then they go up a notch, You know, fight Spencer Zoo or whatever just to do it to get your body acclimated. That that. That, it's such a jump, dude That's that's the, you know, we know he's got the skill But man, it's tough to do
0: right, uh, Canelo's not the no
1: Ruiz Canelo's not the Roy Jones Ruiz heavyweight, you know <laughs> That's a different ball game with Canelo
2: Yeah, and then Tyson Fury has been holding the belts hostage for a while <laughs> So now I'm finally glad to see they're going to make the, the fight That the yeah. people wanted to see Cause he's just been holding the belts hostage, and you know, and they yeah, trying to put him up there. has been a long time
1: coming. That undisputed fight, man, at heavyweight, it's been a long time coming, man. And we've been so close. Yeah, so we, just nope. with, we
2: just never thought it would be with. We never thought it would be with Tyson yeah. Fury and Houston. yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, we thought it'd be Wilder versus uh, Joshua, but. Everybody kept playing the game when they could have made the fight. And I remember when the fight could have been made, and everybody was saying, "Okay, it's time to make the fight." And they kept saying, "Okay, we'll do two more wins." I'm like, "You guys are playing with you guys are um, playing a risk game that you shouldn't play because Joshua is these guys are not." Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, Wilder is, you know, it's not a guy you can keep playing this game with. You know, you got to put him in the right type of fight, but it's dangerous because they could mess around and lose. Because I'm like Wilder loses the majority of his rounds; <laughs> he just has that eraser, All right? That that gets him the knockout. But I'm like, that's a dangerous game. Just saying, oh, we're gonna after two more fights and we build it up, it'll be ready to go. I'm just like, these are not the kind of fighters you could do that with. Joshua is streaky, at best. So how many times he's going to keep going to the well before he just just gives it up and says, oh, well, I got an automatic rematch. I'll get it back in the rematch and right. just quit and tap out of the fight. You know, everyone's seen that plenty of times from him. So I think that um, overall – Tyson Fury fighting and unifying the titles. He'll retire again after that until somebody has some more money for him. And he'll come out for another fight.
1: <laughs>
2: but other than I mean, that, you're not
1: lying. Uh, you're
2: not lying. Yeah. And um, Terrence Crawford, what I see from him is, you know, him and Arrow, they can fight in January, February. It's not going to make a difference. Arrow's going to lose. He can't beat there, yeah, No matter what he does. He's just trying not to get embarrassed again like last time. Um, now the big fight here that they got coming up, this Regis Prograde fight with uh
1: Yeah. Haney.
2: Yeah. Yeah, with Haney. Now that's that fight could um can expose some indications, you know. The thing about the thing about that fight is I like both fighters It's just that Regis don't throw a lot of jabs and he's easy if you jab Regis and can control him with the jab, you'll be able to deal with his power and you'll adapt that away early. But if Regis lands something heavy, like he can he can hurt you. Like he's got he middleweight shot. power. Yeah, so, but they know he's not somebody who really moves his head, takes a couple of punches. But it depends on how disciplined he is. Some fights he's, you know, barely making weight, and you know, depends on his focus. I think, yeah, I think he'll get up for this one. But it's hard for some of these fighters, man, making that weight, especially when you've been sitting around. Yeah, but true. I'm that's, that's fight I'm yeah, in the fight I'm intrigued about. Yeah, like I'm still on the fence with this Andrade and uh, Belisario fight. Me too. I am still I get, on the fence There's an argument for, that. for
1: both guys, man. Yep, there's definitely an argument for both guys to get their hands raised.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, I've seen both of them in action, and I'm saying skill set. I see what. And uh, the reaches Andre could bring to the table that would disrupt David because David's easy to be hit. But he wears you out with his attrition and activity. So if you're able to hit him with something to get his attention, it normally would change the fight around because I've seen him lose to a lesser fighter, really. <laughs> like he was in a fight with this lesser fighter. Yeah. Because he was yeah, out of shape. Rematch, yep. Oh yeah. So.
1: Yeah, it's kind of that first half, second half feel to it, you know.
2: Yeah. All the way.
1: First half, Andre. Second half, Benavides. You know it. All right, buddy. Anything else? Like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> no, that's it. All right, man.
2: Well, I'll be doing a show All next right. Tuesday.
1: All uh, I'll right, buddy. Have a good night.
2: All right, buddy. Take All care. Right, thanks, thanks, y'all Take for having
1: me on. Right. Oh yeah, thanks for stopping in, man. Have a good night. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, um, there are, you know, here actually, we'll read some of this from the uh, Sports Business Journal. Oops. oops. If anybody's on right now that want to press one, go ahead, go ahead, and if you want to press one and join in and you know do your thing, um, do, do 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 Espinoza reporting. Being, the, the, the company's just dis- hold on. Uh, we'll be shutting down. The company's decision is not a reflect. Oh wait, that's hold on. Paramount Global. This is a statement. As we evolve our strategy to more efficiently allocate resources and align our content offering across the business, we've made a difficult decision to move forward with to to not move forward with boxing and other content produced by Showtime Sports Team. Showtime will continue to air and support the remaining, you know, slate and other the obligations. Goes over the award-winning stuff, and uh, you know. It, it, it's a rap. Unfortunately, it's a rapidly evolving media marketplace. The company, you know, had to make different, difficult
2: decisions,
1: reshaping all that type of stuff. Um, and yeah, someone sent me this too. Traditional media. This is Ray Diggs. He didn't send me it, but this is his tweet. Traditional media and entertainment companies have reported losses of more than 20 billion combined since early 2020 on the direct-to-customer. Streaming business, Netflix, which brings in profit, is an exception, but the rest of the industry is wondering. I mean, they're, they're it's, it, you know, and that's where you look at Amazon, and if you look at you know, you could tell they mean business just off of that Thursday night deal, uh, a bill a year for eleven years, that tells you they're interested. Now, I'm not saying they're interested in boxing, but I'm saying as far as you know, the future in, in sports, live sports. Uh, because that's the thing, that's still, if you do it right and you have the attention, right, like NFL and whatnot, of course, um, that's the thing that you can still peak out. You know, if a, if there's a game six and a game seven in basketball, those things are going to peak. You know, like, um, like I said, college football is a very underrated sport that people don't realize how big it is. Uh, If you look at the ratings, if you look at how many channels it's on from, you know, the AM to the AM. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that is a major thing. And and right now, Amazon, whereas most people are cutting back and trying to, you know, put stuff together like the Paramount Showtime app, like the Discovery and HBO. and, and, And don't get me wrong, you know, those two are much higher than, you know. Than, than a Showtime app or whatever. Like I said, it's always been the, the little brother. But the fact that a- Amazon is making such a large investment and they see the future where they can lead the future of sports, live sports. Well, then yeah, that would be that would be a big thing. Um. Oh yeah, and that Netflix. It's like an eighteen hole goal uh, with the win with the win golf club, the Netflix Cup, November fourteenth. That's their that's their first live streaming. Event. Um, Eddie Hearn, this is from Ringwalk Danny, shots out to the Boxing Boys and Ness and, and company, Eddie Hearn confirms nearly 9,000 tickets sold already for Haney Pro Gray, December 9th, a Chase uh, Center rep also uh, confirmed to me that all the courtside suites have, courtside suites have sold, and a handful of the suites were left in the entire arena, so that's, that's good, man. Like I was saying earlier, sport. this is Sky Sports News, Ben Shalom. He's uh, confirmed that the, the Isaac Chamberlain and uh, Lowell, I think it's Michael Macau, uh, Lowell, that will be the main event instead of Buatsi and Aziz. Now, he said he hopes to reschedule that uh, Joshua, Buatsi and Dan Aziz fight before Christmas. So, um, you know. And then uh, Gray Haney, Undercard, uh, Liam Morrow, and Montana Love. Andy Cruz and Hector, um, oh, what the hell's his name, Kanahara. Uh, I like that fight a lot. Like the Montana Love part, that's that's pretty good. Um, Ebon, yeah, Ebony Bridges is on that. But I really like that Cruz-Hector fight. Andy, Hector, that, that's a good I like that, I do like that I know, you know, folks uh, You know, don't necessarily Love that it's on pay-per-view And I get it But I do like that as another card fight That's kind of interesting uh, to me I kind of like that, that's pretty good Tomorrow night on Pro Box Boca Chica and Paul Mehta Are uh, in the main event Boca Chica You know, he's a guy that Still, I think, only has one loss. It was to Via. Had that draw. Pretty sure it was a, it was a split draw, right? I don't think it was the majority you know, against Bunch. Um, but, you know, and then Palmetto took a, took a recent loss. Um, they both lost in the last fight, so it is a crossroads. Took one earlier to Jamal James. But you know, I, I like that. That's kind of an interesting uh interesting little main event there and now that show box is gonna be gone. And I like what? Mid level or prospect level stuff, I gotta say, I I have I've liked especially the, the Wednesday night stuff, you know, which is usually a, a good night for them, the Pro Box. I think they've done a good job with that. You know, I do. Now, as far as the other card of Catero and is, um, the one that I'd say is equally matched for sure is that uh, a kid, um, Faez and Bellotti, Be- 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 that Reese dude, that's probably, well, especially in the main event, obviously, that's definitely like an equally matched fight. Like I said, you know, they like to call it domestic level in the U.K. Shouts out to the U.K., um, and that would be a domestic level. Like I said, we could make, we could say, Hey, these guys have already kind of shown a ceiling, but there's a lot of guys like that. And there's a lot of domestic, what I'd call mid-level here. Um, those are good fights, you know, just like the, uh, the Lewis green and Sam Geely, you know, um, I, I think that's, you know, in fact, here, let me look at the, uh, the odds for those fights. So there you go. Um, Let's see. It just went away. Okay. So the one I previously mentioned, that's basically a 50-50 fight. I think plus 130. um, Reese is the favorite, but plus 130 is the highest. Otherwise, plus 112, plus 110, plus 115. Um, In that Chamberlain, in that uh, Mikel Lawland, he, you know, I think what plus plus one seventy is the tops there. So I mean, that, that was a, that's a that's good fight. That's that's close fights, dude. That's really close fights. Oh yeah, that's Sam Gilly, Lewis Green. The highest odd for Sam Gilly as an underdog is plus one fifty. Otherwise, plus one thirty, plus one twenty. Those are fights that I believe will have, you know, a, a good breakdown. Um, Gabriella Fundora is in a competitive fight with um, Muchino too. Let me see what the odds are for that. That's, yeah, that, uh, actually, that's even tighter than I thought. Yeah, plus 120. So it is one of those weekends that you hope that the undercards pop off. Um, Duke Reagan, uh, I should have mentioned him too, Richard Torres. They got they got wins over the weekend as well. Um, I did break down the, the May England fight. England won by split decision. I saw that fight. That was a pretty good fight. I think I saw it from the second round on or something like that. Yeah, that was a good fight. I definitely enjoyed that fight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one of the biggest fights you know, of the weekend in my mind, the most anticipated one, it is what it is. But um, we'll just kind of finish it up with fight news and then, of course, the boxing Twitter segment. Oh, by the way, that Tommy Fury, I haven't even talked about it. Tommy Fury beat K- KSI. Um, I saw highlights. I didn't watch the whole fight or nothing like that. Just to be honest, I guess there's a correction card was announced. One of them was announced the draw when it was 57 56, same as the other two. So I, I guess they, they just got done announcing it. Um, you know, to is his own with that stuff. I've always kind of said that, um, it is what it is. Everybody has their entertainment value. Um, what they deem entertainment and what they're willing to pay for it or, or stream or whatever the fuck they do, right? Um, I'll say this though. It's always been about attention, right? And, and especially now with social media, the engagement, um, you know, the old saying about, you know, all press is good press, you know? Um, but that fucking way in with the plexiglass, that shit was corny as fuck. I got it, That was corny as shit. That was corny as shit. But, hey, they're doing their thing. The source that I saw, 1.3 mil pay-per-view, um, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't. I'll be honest. I, I don't know if that's legit. Um, I really don't know. I'm just being honest. I don't know if that's a legit thing. Um, I, it's basically like... If you take the UK price, because that's where they sold the most, um, I'd assume, well, assumingly, because um, sometimes that 1.3 can be a world, you know, a world pay-per-view, which is really vague. Um, but let's just say it did a million-something there, or 1.3 there. Uh, if you do the math, it's basically like a, I think like a 350 – three hundred and fifty thousand four hundred thousand pay- per- view here you know with our our prices um so yeah but you know more power to you you know more power to you if if that's uh you know if that's what you're into i know it was like fifty five dollars here um and in the uk it was about twenty dollars so if you do the math there and it's happy punch happy punch is the uh is the outlet that's saying one So, you know, that's not really – I don't know. (laughs) You know, I really don't know. Uh, Eddie Hearn, saying a couple things. I I do want to clear something up because he he didn't get misquoted, Eddie Hearn, but the, the quote needed context, just like a lot of shit these days, right? Eddie Hearn, this is IFL TV, this isn't the one. But he said now he expects Joshua to fight. Take place in late December or January, uh, meaning the Wilder fight would go to, like, March or April, right? Now, you know, there was other things said. Um, like here, this is what he said. Now, he was asked about it, right? And he, he answered saying that the fight would be possibly in the summer. We're still looking to do that, but we're not going to wait around to the summer, or April or whatever, March, we're going to maybe fight, right? And he said, we're still talking to Shelley and, and, and that type of thing. So he, like I said, he didn't get misquoted, but the quote needs context because when he was explaining that and talking about that, someone asked him or used uh, Wilder's trainer, right, to say, well, they say he said that trainer – Scott said that it's because of you so yeah he went on the defensive a little bit but it was he was fed something that he was saying well hold on you know so I I did want to clarify that because we get a lot of that lacking context nowadays but here's the quote Um, we were offered a deal that we accepted both accepted it fell through it's not my fault now that some of the alternatives may not be anywhere near the last number. So that makes us reconsider our option. Now, he talked about that prior saying, yeah, you know, it's it's not as much money, but it's still a lot of money, and we're still looking. I was talking to Shelly, and so he was saying that, and had they had just let him talk, he probably wouldn't have said this other stuff. Um, as far as like, but, but he did get, you know, if you're going to say Malice Scott said you didn't do it, And the fight didn't happen because of you. Well, of course he's going to defend himself, you know. So he says uh, we're also in line potentially to fight, um, you know, Philip Hergivik or Otto Wallen, even though one and two is Hergivik and Wallen. Now, could they pay somebody to step aside to get that? Maybe. He said, so I don't care about Wilder. He, he's got his own problems. The guy ain't fought for a year, and his last fight was 40 seconds. He don't really want to fight, I don't think. And that's where it's like, well, that sounds like he was just saying, oh, he don't want to fight now. Well, th- that's not exactly how it, you know, that's not exactly how that went. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. Uh, and Adam from SN Boxing, he said a real, this is a, this is a good point. Um, a real nice eight rounder Saturday. Golden Boy undercard. David Stevens thirteen uh, 0 zero. Joshon James 7 0 two. Stevens had a great win on Showbox against Hempfield. He sure did. And James perhaps should have gotten a nod earlier this year against Javier Martinez. Yeah, that that's once again. I'm glad. He, I'm glad uh, we talked about that because that's that's going to be yeah, these undercard fights this weekend, man. We need them to pay off. Lee Wood is now a officially vacated his WBA, which now should go to Ray Ford and Cole Mattel, or was it Col Cole, Matov? Cole, I think it is. Um uh, that's probably gonna be what that goes to. He's gonna take that little time out and then go up to one thirty. As I mentioned, Boxer NBC Sports uh reached a deal to air on Peacock and NBC. Um You know, there's really no – I don't think there's, like, a date on it or how many events or anything like that. Um, We know NBC Sports, uh, you know, Big Ten football and basketball, obviously the Olympic Games, Premier League, Sunday Night Football, um, Notre Dame football for now, NASCAR, golf. So, yeah, I mean, they're already getting a taste of it. Not that they haven't in the past, but it is kind of funny, like, oh, here we go. This is why some places don't want boxing, too, because, oh, they got hurt. Now the main event's not happening. Um, Robizzi Ramirez and Rafael Espinoza uh, for the WBO title fight. The headline, December 9th, the ESPN show, location to be announced. And, you know, as a headliner, yeah, that's not great, especially when you get it's the post-Heisman, Right. But as uh, J. Ro in box red gray, you know, uh, talked about on Twitter, that we, you know, they're having this fight. They're trying to get more than likely anyway he's going to fight because, you know, at 126 after his next fight, and he would get that WBO number one spot if he would have done. So that that's really what that's about, and that that kind of lines up. But yeah, it does suck. I understand some folks the person that just sent me saying you know this is what they're going to do with their Heisman night yeah I hear you it's not it's not, the, not a great main event for that night but uh, if they can make that fight next you know it is good exposure um, Yocasta Valle and Annabel Ortiz November 4th Golden Boy fight in Costa Rica that is um Signed, sealed and delivered. I think we talked about this before. Someone sent me this. Matias and Ergoshev is going to be on the undercard for Benavides and Entree. That's just a bang him type fight. This is what I was talking about before. Anyway, and uh, Topalas, uh, you know, targeting December 26th uh, for the Undisputed at 122 uh, in Tokyo. And this is actually interesting. I heard Boxino. Returns in two thousand twenty four with a bang. Remember that boxino tournament? That was like one of the last things that uh was on Friday Night Fights. <laughs> this one's funny, dude. Fight T V Triller. Triller's back. Oh my god. November eleventh, the legendary Razor Ruddock will return to the ring against Hall of Famer James Tony, live on fight from Kingston, Jamaica. And there's people through payola that just bent over backwards for that platform. Um, and like I said, the IBF has now officially updated their heavyweight rankings. You have Hergivik one, Ottawa and two. So you'd assume that that would be what would be called next. Um, so yeah, this is roll boxing. Um, quality follow obviously, you know, boxing scene and all that. This November will mark six years since Bitterbev Peterbev and Bibble became co as a Lightweight. Their record against each other is zero zero. Yes, yeah, six years since they've been champ at the division. And all you can hear about is Spence and Crawford. Now, did we want Spencer Crawford? Yes we did. But did we but can you complain about other stuff? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, because Wallen's coming out. I, I got that money off of plus 220 with that Wallen. That was easy money, man. That was easy money. Um, but Eddie Hearn also said about the Wilder, you know, Joshua, that fight, in my opinion, will 100% happen, or happen in the first half of the year, maybe first quarter, blah, 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 blah. Um, let's hope. Like I said, I've always – that if I, I'll admit if I'm wrong on that one, I did think it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, and I'll admit it's wrong. I, when I saw those quotes, I thought, yeah, this shit ain't happening. You know, Once he starts firing shots at Wilder, but then I did my due diligence and added context to it and realized, oh, there's context. Eddie was just responding to what somebody said about Malik. Okay, so this is Raging Bay. PBC folks would make fun of boxing on apps. PBC folks is a very open, you know, terminology there. It's very vague uh, or wide spanning, whichever you want to say. So, you know, folks would make fun of boxing on apps, on an app, really, not on apps. Well, yeah, I suppose Black Prime, BLK Prime. That's why it's important to be objective. You never know where you'll end up or who you'll end up working with one day. I personally don't see anything wrong with it, but I know it's part of boxing to climb. But the thing is, you know, beyond like the fanboy stuff and the dead zone stuff, if in fact they got to Hulu or Paramount or Netflix or whatever, right, uh, there's a difference between something that, for boxing never hit a million subscribers compared to something that has 40 or 60 or a hundred million that's and by the way, when you talk about it's important to be objective, you know, I I respect her a lot because she actually had skin in the game, but she hasn't been objective when it came to the BBC. I mean, that's obvious. Here's some uh, (laughs) boxing Twitter stuff. One of the biggest, I'm so glad Showtime's out-of-the-business guy is so glad that they're out-of-the-business. In fact, anyway beat Fulton, Crawford beat Spence, and Showtime boxing is dead.
2: This is the best
1: year in boxing in the last twenty-five or five to ten years. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's like you're praying for a downfall, and, and remember, it's actually PBC is dead, and it turned into Showtime being dead because – you shouldn't have, uh, you know, you shouldn't have got involved with PBC Showtime. You're going out of business. Okay, but it started out PBC dying. That's what it was. So if they, in fact, don't have a deal, then cool. Then you say it, it's dead. But until we don't know, we know that for a fact, funny, because when you see this shit, and these are the people that are like, don't be a fanboy. What the fuck are you? That's a fanboy in a, you know, all day long. I mean, um... Like, these are the things that he's talking about before the, uh, you know, Canelo signed with the PBC. Exactly what I told his son, that his nickel and dime daddy's outfit don't have $50 million to guarantee. That's what they said about Beneditas, the Beneditas fight. That's what he said. I mean, come on, dude. Canelo getting that Saudi money, he don't need no that food stamp offer from Samson and the PBC. The nickel and dime that don't have the guarantee. I mean, this fucking, he's racist for one, and two, this isn't a boxing fan, but yet these are the motherfuckers that say, don't be a fanboy, but yet you're acting like a fanboy. This is John Rhodes from, is it Facebook or something? <laughs> this is a good one. Benavidez should not force himself to get Canelo fight. That clown is a coward, avoiding the best opposition. Okay. Benavides versus Shakur Stevenson is a hell of a fight and should take place sooner rather than later. I believe Shakur would punish him every round, possibly stops Benavides in, in the ninth round. So Shakur, who doesn't stop a lot of people, is gonna stop David Benavides. I mean, is he for sure gonna stop Jose Benavides? If we're going you know, if we're going down this line? That, that shit's wild. That's a good one. Um, oh, Jermonte Davis said the judge is stopping me from training the proper way. She want me in Maryland with my life in danger every fucking day. That that's pretty fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. If that's true, I'm not saying
2: it's not. But, oh, here's the here's
1: the we. I think we may have to end on this one. Let me see. Oh, we got a couple more. We got a couple more. But this one's this one's a doozy. Like the old timers used. <laughs> Who would Ali beat in this era? He would get KO'd by any top twenty. He competed in a low-level, unprofessional era. Oh my god! Yeah, because the seventies heavyweight era, man. Who in the sixties? I should say. Boy, yeah. There's no names involved there at all. It's just you know, this is Janabek quasi style. This is someone's know that that I'm ready. If Canelo is ready, then I'm ready to fight in February. I need four belts. I can knock him out easily. If you understand boxing, then you know it all. (laughs) Uh, Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Stop. Um, This is Android Uppercut. So when the UFC joins the WWE on USA Network in a year or two, the ESPN deal has been an absolute bloodbath for Disney. Is the media going to keep the same energy? Are fans going to say what's wrong with MMA? Nah, especially boxing fans, no way. This is someone that says if it goes to the zone, if boxing goes to the zone, or I mean, if PPC goes to the zone, all fights will be pay-per-views. 50 for former Showtime HBO cards, 75 for star versus contender, 100 for two-star fighters, the zone with subscriptions raises will probably be PBC future independent airings. Okay, this is a this surprised me here. Emmanuel Rodriguez, two-time IBF bantamweight titleist, announced his retirement at 31. Um, here's another one, just straight fanboy. If Jermel were confident in his ability, he had the time to take care of his mandatory before making the Canelo fight. He did enough to collect all those belts. Still hasn't fought at 54 again. 18 months later, at least he got the money. It's like dog. He was hurt. Stupid, silly. Come on, dude. Stop. Stop. Just stop it. Just, just stop it, dude. You're really showing your ass now. Anyway, I think I'm gonna get out of here. Um, like I said, let's hope some of the, you know, one or two of these main events pop off and be really competitive. I have a feeling that those three to four undercard fights, let's hope some of those pop off too, which I think they will, or at least be competitive fights. You know, that's what we're after as boxing fans. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Be back next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have to get the hands
0: plus.